Landing Strip in Houston, Texas. It's the HWR Decade in Review for the 2010s. And thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, you know, watching this little here episode. Uh, there's been a lot of care and effort that has gone into making this freaking episode finally, you know, see the light of day. You're ungrateful. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this. Episode's been snake bitten from the very beginning. <laughs> um, if it makes you feel any better, this probably isn't going to make it into either. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> well, let's. Here's the hoping that this one will will, will make it. Uh, I know it's the last day of the year uh, or for of the month for uh, January. So yeah, this is coming out a little bit late. We intended for this to be a little bit earlier uh, in in the month or whatever, but it's fine. If you are, uh, you know, watching along, please, 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 if you come up with, uh, you know, something you want to say, you could interact with us on Facebook, Houston Wrestling Radio, or on Twitter at H Wrestling Radio, or just drop a comment down here below. Don't forget to subscribe and all that good stuff. Um, so today, if you guys uh, are fans of HW's the best few is a male superstar, a female superstar of the year, all that stuff, and we culminate with what we say is our match of the year and we have like a numbering system with points and a bunch of stuff where we say this is the match of the year and we have to come to a consensus and fun time with it but we do have a fun what category Ooh, faction 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 yes notes he does yes, have notes i actually yes. have notes he has notes <laughs> actually no, I say Bullet Club. Ah, yes. Was it that obvious? Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is his answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you you already said it. Yes, it was obvious. Yeah. They were the ones that, in a weird way, brought wrestling kind of back up into the mainstream, and wow. for the, for their stuff to not be sold on their their companies like New Japan or WWE stuff. No, this one sold. They started getting their merchandise into mainstream of go to a store, hot topic, which yeah. every freaking mall has. <laughs> yeah, and you get their shit there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, th there's not going to be a strong argument for anybody else as far as faction of decade goes that compares to what you just said. Mm. Yeah, uh, it it transcendent wrestling went into the mainstream. Everybody was walking around with the Bullet Club shirt. There was more people walking around with Bullet Club shirts than I saw back at, uh, you know, in like the 90s wearing fucking NWO shirts, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, that was, it was a big fucking deal. Um, I mean, I can't even come up with any faction or whatever, but no, uh, if we're talking about the entire decade, I'd have to say the Bullet Club. Um, but, I know that like some people are going to get picky about this and saying that oh we're the full decade so let let's kind of throw this out here you guys are a little bit better with the dates than I am. Uh, when did Bullet Club start? Two thousand fourteen, two thousand thirteen. Sounds about right. Yeah. We can still say because it's... because Finn was the leader first, and then he was there for about two years, and then AJ came in stole his thunder. He was there for about a year, year and a half. Yeah. Then Kenny took his thunder, and he was there for at least. Two and a half years, almost three years, and then um, Jay White, and now Jay White. Oh, so the, your favorite. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so it feels like it covers the whole decade, yeah. depending on what highs or lows yeah. or what you're looking. Oh, you just yeah. you yeah. made it clear your opinion, That's but you opinion. might have a lot of people out there that feel the way you do. That you know, yeah. Finn, AJ, Kenny, 
Yeah. Yeah. The rest. Yeah. The rest. The rest. Um, do you have any anybody else that you would say would be faction of the decade, Chris? Or are that's, you agreeing that's, with us? That's, a, that's my pick. That's your pick. But for okay. argument's sake. Oh, because I have one for argument's sake. Go ahead. Go first then. You sure? I'm going with the cliff notes, bro. Okay. You go for it. Now <laughs> fill in this gap. <laughs> if you want to fill in the gap for the first part of the decade, you know, because, yeah, all right, we estimated 2013, 2014. What was uh, around there a little bit earlier than that? Aces and eights. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Aces and eights, man. Uh, they were the only thing that was keeping TNA afloat and keeping the attention of fans to look at TNA uh, at the beginning of the decade, 2010 through maybe about 2013, 2014. Mm -hmm. Aces and eights was the only goddamn thing that people cared about for that promotion. Um, and it was and a slow burn. It was a slow yeah. burn. And, and it the was reveal over. of the leader. Fuck. Yeah. Sometimes the easy way is the right way to go, but it was it was a fucking... Yeah. Let it simmer. yeah. And yeah. it was fucking done perfectly. Yeah. All I gotta say is Taz! Yeah, buddy! My, My balls! balls. <laughs> I know! I'm sorry! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great stuff. Oh, that was man. the great stuff there. So that, that could be the other argument. Um, I... I I can think of a couple of fringe cases, but do you two have anything else as far as arguments go for any <sighs> faction? If you want to build a case on paper, as far as accomplishments, we might not be the biggest fans of it now, but how do we pick our match of the years? How do we decide if a match is match of the year? Usually consensus. And then we, uh, Sierra hotel, India, echo, Lima, Delta, yeah, all okay. three of those guys are heavyweight sure. champions. All three of those guys at one point were at the top of everybody's tongue as far as, holy crap, Seth Rollins and fucking Triple H. Holy shit, Dean Ambrose yeah. finally got the moment. Boo Roman. Boo Roman. Wait. Oh, yeah. Boo Roman. <laughs> you know? But, and they kept bringing him back, and it worked, and then they split him up again, and then, oh, hey, the final ride and all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, and that lasted 2012 to about, what, 2018? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like... Going along that, there were rivals during that time that caught my attention that I was kind of mesmerized was the Wyatt family when it first began. Mm -hmm. Okay. Get in the whole okay. psychological aspect of it. That was that that actually made one of my factions there. Mm -hmm. But along same thing with the shield. They were all there. Mm -hmm. Any love for the new day? You know, I was gonna mention that as another honorable mention. Um I don't know. I mean, I guess technically it would be a faction, but it's just three dudes. So I don't know. Is that more of a tag then, team? Then again, is? the shield is the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Hogan, so, Hall, and Nash. If you break yeah. it down to the bare bones of beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I guess so. I mean, you got to show some love to the New Day because they've been over this entire time that they've been together. They came together. I want to say twenty sixteen. Oh hell no. Nah. 14. 14? 2014. Okay, bro. so that's a they were heels for at least two years. And then they became faces for about two and a half years. Oh, it wasn't two years that they were heels. It was less than that. Oh, no, it was no, more. It was, it was sure. more. Yeah. yeah. It was around that, that uh, title run with uh, Seth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when Seth was heel and New Days were. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And we all love the New Day. I, lo I love me some New Day. I'm, you know, so. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. 
You know what? You have to make an argument for it. Man, day. if only there was more time in the decade, someone that could re a group that could really make noise. Oh, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Undisputed. Yeah, undisputed. Oh, yeah. Fucking undisputed. I mean, they might not all have the the resume here, but that goes back to why do we like undisputed? Fucking Adam Cole. Baby. And Ring of Honor, rough shot. And he's not even in his 30s yet. You know, Kyle O'Reilly, another yep. former heavyweight champion, Ring of Honor. Bobby Fish, those two Red Dragon tag champions. Roddy, he's he's got his resume in Ring of Honor also. So we there's established guys. So when you bring them into an audience that is tired of the PG overproduced yeah. crap where the loser gets dog food, and then you get <laughs> and then you get you get NXT and Undisputed Era, which in the beginning I, I said it on this show. I thought the name was retarded. Six months later, I'm doing the fucking hand gestures and all this shit and buying <laughs> traveling the fucking takeovers because they're taking my money. Yeah, you know. So I mean, if they would have had another, I'd say two years, I would think they would pop. They could possibly rival, possibly rival yeah. Bullet Club. Which oddly enough, Adam Cole's a, 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 a another another yeah. member. He was a leader while. of Bullet Club for a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. yeah. Even going at that, just having the legacy of Adam Cole, his original faction, I believe, is still intact. The name is still being used. You come out of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Up until very recently. Because now that Taven's kind of babyface again and Vincent's like trying to kill him and all that other stuff. But yeah, even to this to this point, Kingdom still the kingdom's still been around because pretty much Adam Cole. I mean, we're like all the guys. You've interviewed them, we've hung around with them. Yeah. But you know damn well which one's the man and which one are the guys. Yeah. 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 So yeah, a couple more years, you can make you can put make a pretty good argument undisputed against against the Bullet Club. Yeah, no. uh, those were my honorable mentions. Actually, surprisingly, I was not expecting you took aces and eights, and I was gonna I was gonna show them some shine too. <laughs> Sorry, not not Sorry. not at all because that because it's easy for casual guys. You know, most of our old episodes back when the day we first started, ninety four percent of our coverage was purely WWE. So and we started in 2012. Yeah. So the fact that there's going to be a lot of like love from everywhere in this show tonight. Yeah. And the fact that aces and eights are already kicking it off for impact. I'm, I'm glad you kind of bring that up about like when we started or whatever. Cause yes, this is a decade in review. Have we, as Houston Russell radio been around the entire decade? No, mm -hmm. we started at 2012 and October. Yes, October 2012, the you know, tail end of it. And it was myself and Travis. Um, since then, he's here. He's <laughs> Since then, we've had Chris join up probably around 2013. 2013, exactly. 2013, you've been yeah. here with me the entire time. Uh, and <laughs> then and then we had, you know, faces come and go. You know, we had uh, uh, Brennan as our official, unofficial fourth co-host yeah. for a while. I still have um, a milk carton of his face on it ever since he got F5 from Brock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking yeah. for my Choco Taco partner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we also had um, – uh, Arnold for a while here towards the tail end of it. Then, mm -hmm. you know, we've added on Hector. Um, and yeah, so we've kind of seen a, a few different faces. Of course, uh, Aaron's been on, Scott has been on, uh, several different friends and many interviews with different local uh, talent over, over the, uh, the, the decade and mainstream so, talent too yeah yeah exactly you know, Dutch city yeah you know yeah exactly john morrison tito santana scott steiner scott hall um uh, <laughs> that's scott that's scott steiner interview oh geez 
Um, Playing in 64 against Jinder Mahal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, 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 it's, it's been a good year for us, but I, I, I kind of went off on a tangent. My point originally was going to be, yes, we did not cover 2010 to you know 2012 because we just weren't here yet. But we are definitely going to count some of that in there. And a lot of the reason why my pick for honorable mention on that would be in the aces and eights is because, well, TNA was something that I still liked 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that when we started, it was kind of already starting to be cool to realize that TNA's fixing to die and it never did. Yeah. But for the most part, since 2012, we're like, oh, man, surely TNA is going to go away. And this one, is the year. One thing that kept TNA up in our early years was the aces and eights. So, uh, you know, since HWR has been around, we've been bashing TNA for a long time. But since Abel's been a fan... Abel fucking loved TNA for a long, long time. I loved it more than WWE, and I thought it was going to overtake WWE at some point. It never did, but, you know, that's why, you know, I just kind of of put that disclaimer out there. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not that I hated TNA. Not that I was one of those guys that hated TNA. Obviously, the proof is in the pudding, you know. I've been to to several TNA shows myself, and they were very good. Um, But hope there's going to be a lot of this tonight. Okay, we're spreading it between all the all basically down there. Every company's probably gonna get a shot here. Yeah, how about tag team of the year of the decade? I'm so used to doing year reviews, yeah. I need to yeah. fit the word decade in my vocabulary. Abel 2010s, give me a tag team that stands out. All right, my pick, your pick, pick, my pick, pick the young bucks. Is the that same thing? You got the same? I what about you? Young too. Bucks? Yeah. The Young Bucks defined this year. And again, we're a year, this decade. I've <laughs> had the same problem as you. The Young Bucks defined this decade. Yeah. And you 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 may want to make the argument that, oh no, they haven't been around this and that bullshit. Generation they, me. Generation <laughs> me. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Again. Back to TNA (laughs) at the beginning of the decade. Generation Me, they were, you know, whatever, green, hardy wannabes, whatever. But they were still pretty entertaining back then. Remember the fucking shit with uh, uh, Victoria where Victoria was a cougar and they kind (laughs) of liked them as a manager or whatever? Okay, cool. But then once they started becoming the Young Bucks, not Generation Me, they went out, went to Japan, they became big. And then this whole thing with Meltzer... And with other oh, people yeah, yeah. that that cover the industry, <clears throat> is all because of the criticism of the style that the Young Bucks had. And now everybody wants to be like the Young Bucks. Yeah, and then you still have people like Cornette that criticize it, but then you have people like Meltzer who they kind of tongue in cheek make fun of by doing the Meltzer driver. But then Meltzer all of a sudden was like, you know what, their matches are badass. So like they just kind of came around. They he just got tired of fighting it. They. Yeah. <laughs> They redefined how you actually wrestle in a tag team match in the ring this generation. They changed the way you actually fucking put together a match. It used to be, this is bullshit, flippy, dippy stuff, and you can't use it to work because it doesn't make sense. And then that's when they said, really? You think it doesn't make sense just because it's flippy, dippy? No, we're going to still tell our stories with the flippy, dippies. It doesn't matter if it's a DDT or an indie taker. You're getting an offense on your opponent. Yep. Right, so tag team. I I say it has to go to them. You you guys, what do you say? I I feel the same way, and I I just love the way that they take their negatives and turn it into a positive. 
for instance, well, a couple of years back when WWE did the cease and desist, <laughs> they made that so, into so a give, move. So give me a one sweet. One give me a one sweet. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> and then they make sure they make sure to fucking everything. One bag for your buck. <laughs> Yeah, man, they they created a lot of stuff. You want to talk about the Bullet Club and Hot Topic and all that? A they lot were of the that forefront of that yeah. was because of the Bucks, yeah. exactly. And of course, towards the end of the decade, they're a part of the fucking new federation that's out there yeah. as the elite, and they created all elite wrestling along with Cody. So there is so much shit that goes along with the Young Bucks that. All from 2010 to the end of 2019, there is something with the Young Bucks in in this decade that's of significance. Chris, I'm sorry. I, I, no, I started talking again. No, no you're <laughs> fine. We all agree, again, unanimously, Young Bucks is, is the team. Can you make an argument for another team? Here's a weird one. Going back to Undisputed Era, O'Reilly and Fish. Red Dragon, baby. That's and, exactly on my. And I have them. I at first I wrote them down as Undisputed Era because that's how they're known now. Yeah. But it's Red Dragon. Going back, I knew them as Red Dragon, and seeing them even uh, the the Wrestle Kingdom matches. Yeah, I love seeing them in the one of the matches that stands out for me is that Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match for the Junior Heavyweights, and it was them versus the Young Bucks, I believe. Versus Wrestle uh, Kingdom Nine, I think so. <laughs> I yeah. still, even now I remember that too because the the um at that time the Japanese crowd wasn't used to seeing non-Japanese wrestlers mm. do that puto resu, mm. and that's what got my attention with Red Dragon. When you see the 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 ba- the tag team wrestling in the United States, and then you before. Before Brock Lesnar, before Ronda Rousey, before Shayna Baszler, it was them, those guys that were bringing that ground and pound, not okay, just yeah. ground and pound, but the real Submission. MMA style submissions, holds, uh, manipulation, and them doing it together as a team, the axe and smash. That's been around the whole decade, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, the the different the different styles like Bobby Fish, you look at him and you he looks like he has all the charisma in the world. I'm not yeah. saying he doesn't, but he has a look that defines Bobby Fish. Kyle O'Reilly is like toast. His look is toast. His look is toast. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as you give him a microphone yeah. or as soon as you give him a body, <laughs> he will blow your fucking mind. Every and even I still, now, I still get that. Oh I man, you got any more of that red dragon, you know? Because I still works, remember those dude. interviews, uh, in uh, ROH with them. Um, for once, is the the Christmas gift. <laughs> it's like, I got you this, and Fish is like, Oh, you thank you for being thoughtful. And, and they open it up, and it's the tag team title. <laughs> like, well, guess what? I got you a gift too. <laughs> <It's>, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like a story time session and it was broken down to like difference i was like oh man guys hilarious can i can i move away from the red dragon love and throw go for it over all right when when you're asking about factions i hesitated when you guys brought this up because in my mind tag team new day i know that you guys wanted to put them in, in in the faction but for the most part it wasn't all three of them wrestling all at the same time. There was a phase, there are phases that they go through where it was 
just Kofi and uh, uh, Xavier. And or just Kofi and Big E. Once Xavier yeah. had uh, uh, Francesca, you wanted him to be playing exactly. all that shit while the other two were going. And now it's that. E and Kofi again. Yeah. And again, as we said in the factions, over Ike Rover. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's that's on their amazing. own. Yeah, Because whatever they told them to do, it wasn't working. They just ran with it. And now it's like fucking, all right, I want pancakes. You want to? <laughs> You want to take any others? I got one. This Go is going to be a weird pick because I'm not the biggest fan of them, but I can't deny who they are now and what they were in the beginning. Is it the Usos? Exactly. Yes. yes. Thank the you. Fucking Usos. Uh, I was going to say the Usos and I, too. And I don't want to be biased because we saw Yin and Yang. We did in our in in our PWA. PWA. In PWA. Here in Houston, Booker T's Um, but you you see them from like. Black Ultimate Warriors with the face paint and the tassels. Um, and then actually, they didn't even cut promos. All they were there for was to wrestle against the Wyatt family, against freaking um, the back, Shield and all that. Back when they used to do the Samoan dance. Yeah, the, ha the Hakas and stuff. Yeah. And then once they did that, like, gritty street urban style and they just you just let them loose – I, I started to really start to get enamored with them. I was like, oh, man, I wonder how far the Usos would have gotten if we got that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they would be the guys that I would be looking at as, oh, these, these are forefront teams, not people following forefront mm -hmm. teams, you know? Okay. But, dude, the Usos. It's that old cliche I give whenever I, whenever somebody wants to make an argument. Give me a bad Uso match. <laughs> Okay, you know they're not okay. all like show stealers, but on the opposite end, sometimes there are show stealers. They made a sometimes. match of the, the year, hell in a cell. Yeah, yeah. so versus the new day. day. Yeah, Hector, so. you said you had one. No, it was that. It was that Usos. It was the Usos. Okay, well, yeah. I'm gonna throw two more out okay. there, but I think the argument is the same for both of these teams. Mm. Kaz and Daniels. Oh and my god! History. And. Huh? The Motor City Machine Guns. Oh, yes. You know, I, I think the argument that you could make for both of those is the same. Uh, they were in TNA. They kept TNA afloat, kept TNA entertaining, especially towards the beginning of the of the, the decade. And holy shit, they put on amazing, great matches. I just remember, they had a X X-Division tag team title match versus Motor City Machine Guns with uh, Generation Me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if we uh, want to talk about the Bucks yeah. in TNA, we gotta talk got, about those two. I would, because that the shit that TNA tag teams and X Division were putting on at the end of the last decade and the or the decade before of the aughts, the two thousand zero zeros, and the beginning of the two thousand tens, all the shit that the tag teams and the X Division were doing fucking great. Here, here's where I'm gonna dissect some of your one of your picks. Please, I would focus more on Alex Shelley. In this tag team division, okay. because uh, Saban actually won a heavyweight title in, in TNA, yeah, so there was time where Alex Shelley was on his own. That's true. So there's like two, or, there's like three, there's at least three good years with Motor City, and then you're looking at the other end of this year. Time you have at least two or three good yeah. years with the time splitters with Kushida. And all that Alex Shelley bridges all that together. And you yeah. could say the exact same damn thing about. Daniels. No. Yes. And Daniels. Daniels split off. He got uh, a title. Then, then you had. Then you had Daniels and Styles. Yeah. In TNA. 
Yeah. No, but the cohesion's always been Daniels and Kaz because they were right. they were just Daniels and Kaz. Yeah. Then they were the then they were yeah. uh the addiction in Ring of Honor. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then now again the bond continues with SCU, what but was, it's both of them together, not just Christopher Daniels. Christopher and AJ were a tag team, but how long was that? Like nine months, six months? Like a few, just because the enemy, you know, my enemy is my friend, so we're gonna team up and make some badass shit together because we know we can. But as SCU, it's really more Kaz and Scorpio Sky. Daniels is more or less their mouthpiece. You're seeing, you're saying that now because that's what you're seeing on AW. But the last couple the of years, Honor, the Ring of Honor, okay. it's, it's it was like the general. He yeah. was okay. like Walter for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's still that's still just well. There's parallels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's one that's that's gonna confuse me a little bit. Oh shit! Different category. Yeah. Or? Okay. Okay. Hector. Hector just frankly goes to his notes. <laughs> I know. Oh shit! What's he gonna do now? Let's go. <laughs> Female of the decade. Keep in mind, women's revolution hasn't been around all that long, mm -hmm. but um, there's still been women's wrestling this whole decade. Honestly, and I just I had her as yeah. Uh, at the beginning, you had said like top five. But I had her as one of the probably a sixth. For me, going back to TNA was Gail Kim. Ooh, 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 okay. Honestly, she was doing the whole thing way before the whole women's uh, revolution got even started. Because I remember those matches of her, her and Awesome Kong. Were the that matches? was gonna be the the Yang to your Ying because yeah. I, I was gonna say Awesome That's Kong racist. because. <laughs> That's Gail Kim, nothing against Gail Kim, awesome. And the only reason I would probably give the nudge to Gail Kim is because even to the in, now, 2019, she's still wrestling. Even after she retired, even after she became TNA Hall of Famer, she's and she's putting on fucking clinics with Taya Valkyrie, with fucking uh, Tessa Blanchard. So she doesn't she look like she lost a step, but, but Kong has gotten more exposure than Gail, and Kim. that's where I was. That's where I was giving Kong like. Uh, a, a puncher's chance okay because people were watching wrestling a lot for now for two reasons one women's revolution evolution whatever you want to call it yeah. two the the population the popularity of mainstream of wrestling in mainstream so when people so when people are spent or when there's like 15 million people in the country that have netflix and they decide, hey, what's this glow documentary? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that she looks familiar. Oh, that's awesome. She's still oh, let me find, let me Google, let me YouTube, let me watch some of that. Oh, now she's in AEW. Oh, let me give me some of that. So that's where I kind of I'm trying to balance awesome so Kong and Gil Kim. She had a blip in 2019, you know, could, again, yeah. And she had a, a you know, and AEW, right? Yeah. I mean, she was MIA for you know about two years. And, and that was personal. She reason, had yeah. she had a, another a stint in WWE around uh, 2016, I'd say, or 2015. A rumble appearance, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah but that and, was it. Like, <clears throat> and then before that, it was all the TNA stuff. Mm -hmm. Gail Kim, she hasn't had that much exposure. Yes, she's been wrestling throughout the decade, but after the, her TNA, where 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 can you actually find all these matches you're talking about with Gail Kim? I don't know. Uh, and that's what makes this decade really weird because it's almost a, a tale of two decades when it comes to the women mm -hmm. so do you want to pick somebody for the first half of the decade if you if you do you have to go with kong or kim yeah. right but if you go to the last half of the decade you have to go with becky or charlotte mm -hmm. one of those two yeah. uh and i am just gonna 
be selfish and give the nudge to Becky because I like Becky more than I like Charlotte. <laughs> I understand that the you know Charlotte's more decorated and has been more consistent because Charlotte's stuff in NXT started before Becky's stuff. And Becky's stuff in NXT was a little weak. You know, for sometimes where Charlotte was going strong the all the whole the whole way through that entire like six years through, right? So I could see people making arguments for Charlotte uh being it, but I like I'm Becky better have to make an argument for somebody else. And I'm hoping that okay. the food's low enough in my mouth that it doesn't come back to get me. I think I know where you're going. Um again, the other thing about popularity and main wrestling mainstream and popularity. This reminds me of the season that the Indianapolis Colts went 0-16, and, and I wanted to put Peyton Manning as their MVP because if he was there, they wouldn't have been 0-16, yeah. kind of as a derogatory kind of way. I'd have to say the Bella Twins. Oh! Now, now I know. I, I know. I, I warned you guys, but hear me out. Okay. More so Nikki. She was the, oh! she was the main woman. Was championship. She was the one that had the gimmick with her sister as the twin yeah, yeah. running in. You know, she was the one that got total divas on the people. They brought her yeah, back after yeah. they got rid of them because they want they had he wanted this show about wrestling women and they wanted those two twins to be the head of it. And now and she, and she did bridge the gap between and, that first half and that second yeah, half of the decade. And she most of the women's evolution is because not. If, if because of them, but in spite of them, because they were having matches or they were being booked to have three minute matches, and they we wanted to see something different because we knew it existed, you know. And again, we go to wrestling shows a lot. Yeah. We go to WWE shows. How many girls are there wearing pre mode? Yeah, there was a or, lot. You know, the and this Nikki shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I, I warned y'all. As this isn't a pick that I'm proud of, but if we're if we're giving the devil their due, being unbiased, being unbiased, yeah. you have to look at at, yeah. at least Nikki Bella. You have to look at her as at her contribution to where wrestling now is accepted. Okay, by by everybody. Okay, so yeah, I, I agree. So <laughs> what I thought you were going to make me puke with. <laughs> Is and, and this is actually less gag worthy. Um, is, after that, <laughs> yeah, after that, uh, I thought you were gonna go with a Bailey or Sasha. Now, I think if they had been booked just as strong as Charlotte and Becky, uh, on the tail end, like 2017, 18, 19, as they were 2016, 15, then it'd be really hard to pick between any four of the horsewomen of WWE. But I think that right now at the end of the, the end of the semester, at the end of the mm -hmm. decade, it's clear who's at the top of the class. It's yeah. Charlotte and it's Becky. It's not Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. Again, looking at one year out of an entire 10 year span is somewhat, uh, you know, unforgivable. But if you look at at least all those five, it's like all four of those women were here. Mm -hmm. And then these two dropped off, and then the other two just stayed up, you know? Um, so or it yeah. went higher. Or went higher. Charlotte, Charlotte went higher. Charlotte, as you know, the NXT experiment, they wanted to not use her, not, not to bring on the, the, the flair the brand, flare just have her build yeah. on her own. Yeah. So she went to Raw, my daddy. <laughs> but then Becky just, she broke out. Yeah. You know, we didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm going to stick to my guns and say Nikki, man. Okay. And <laughs> just a you, 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 you look like you just saw a ghost. I, I'm gonna stick to my guns and say Becky. 
Um, now, I want to throw one out there that you can't make a strong argument for because this is a decade argument, but Tessa? That's telling. Very telling. That's very telling. That's, like, that's, that's That might be an argument for the 2020s. That's at least two years. Yeah. That's yeah. that's two, maybe three years that that's pushing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we saw her saying. fucking first match in 2017, yeah. or her second to first match in 2017. So, yeah. Are we good with women, guys? Anything uh, else? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Hector, Mel the year. Chris Jericho. Decade. Decade. Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. All right. Good pick. Uh, I'm in lockstep with you, bro. You Ooh. start the decade as heavyweight champion WWE. Yep. You end the decade as heavyweight champion for AEW. You still have title runs with WWE. Hell, you even have the Intercontinental title in New Japan. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's uh, there's a top five of them. Any of those is a great answer, but the one that sticks out the most is Jared. There's a good top five for runner up. Yeah, the only person that I think would come close to Jericho would be AJ for the same thing. Yes. AJ AJ and TNA, King AJ TNA, New yeah. Japan, AJ dabbling in Ring of Honor while he was in New Japan, and then AJ over here in WWE. Yeah. That's the only thing that comes close. But it's hard when you have the when you have the book in here and the book in here, and everything else is just as good. You know, it's yeah. Just, yeah. it's hard to knock Jericho, man. It's hard. I can see exactly why you would mention Jericho and AJ. The accolades, what they do in the ring, how well they're pushed, and why they're over. They've right? made it everywhere. It's hard to pick They've a guy that's done everywhere. it in one place you when there's people that correct, made it everywhere. Right? And when we talk about our match of the years at the end of the year, we usually have several different criteria, right? Oh, what happened between the bells versus the storyline versus the actual impact, historical significance, historical impact. So I want to kind of compare your picks to what my pick is going to be. Your picks are in ring, what happens, and storyline. But I'm going to go with the historical impact guy. The historical impact, man of the decade, CM Punk. CM Punk. Let me, let me, let defend me. Let me I'm going to defend myself. Okay. Beginning of the decade. All right, you know, uh, you know, indies, ROH, whatever coming up, get put in, uh, into WWE towards the middle of the decade. Had him over like Rover at WWE CW so much that he got out cheered for uh, DX and the Hardys, right? And they're like, well, you know what? We need to actually do something with this guy. Then we had Summer of Punk, and then the two or three years after Summer of Punk, and then when he left in the last portion of the decade last half of the decade it was like 2016 2017 hell no he left in 2013 mania 30 yeah. he was supposed to wrestle mania 30 and now we're at mania and, 36 so okay it's, all right <laughs> so it's almost seven okay, years so I might be off that's my, why i might be off cm punk i might be off yeah. on my punk estimation but it keeps the stick your whole head out of that guillotine <laughs> the point with that is even towards the end of 2018, people are still chanting his name in the arenas. Even at the end of 2019, when he showed up on WWE TV, it was the talk of the wrestling industry. Oh, my God, he's back, right? He wasn't like Edge, where Edge left, 
and Edge came back, and now everybody's all, all about Edge. Yes, I'm all, all, all about Edge too, but it was like Give a, that hot sauce. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't sustained. This entire time that he's been gone, people are still talking about this motherfucker. They're still talking about Punk. He's still a topic of, of subject and discussion all the way through, all the way through the decade, all the way to the end of the decade. So if you want to say what defined this decade, even in his absence, CM Punk. You want to go defend the art paper? You, you, you go. <laughs> Please tear me apart, boys. So the thing is, I get that. Pop gotcha. culture-wise, Punk is a good choice. Okay. But moving industries, putting spotlights on people that right now companies wouldn't even think of. Jericho, again, how many reiterations of Jericho have it gotten in the decade? A lot. And that guy has put them all over. Mm -hmm. One of the moments you, you all talk about was the, what's it called? Festival of Friendship. The Festival of mm -hmm. Friendship. Mm -hmm. Other things, when Jericho left, the speculation started of where, what was he going to do? Yeah. When all those hints started coming around between him and Omega, what made New Japan get new subscribers if it wasn't the Jericho match? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Same thing. What legitimized AEW as a company if it wasn't the signing of Jericho? Mm -hmm. That's that's the guy that basically puts asses in seats. So my argument for Punk was not an argument against Jericho. Mm -hmm. Everything you're saying about Jericho and everything you mm -hmm. said previous to that, I totally 100% agree with and I see why. Do you have something else you want to throw out about Jericho? Or can I go into my backup? <laughs> Give us what your pick should be. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. My backup from Punk, because I knew that this was going to be a tough sell, even though I think I have a, a good argument for the historical significance, is his counterpart. Somebody that kind of followed along the same path as Punk. Came into WWE in the beginning of the decade while being lauded in Ring mm -hmm. of Honor and this and that, very hyped up, and then showed up, and it was like 1A, 1B. It was Punk, Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Bryan. Punk left. Daniel Bryan filled that spot that Punk left that was voided. And he did suffer injury, go out for you know a few years. But then he came back within that same decade and was still over like Rover. And he was just as over as punk. He was the punk that wasn't punk. So, like, if, if you want to go out and say, oh, man, I really wish punk was the back. Punk. You know who actually <laughs> delivered on that shit? Daniel Bryan. He actually delivered on it. He left. Sure, people weren't chanting Daniel Bryan when he was gone, but they were chanting yes. They were chanting no. They still remembered him. And so when they came back, that good feeling that we got That's about like that. Edge... Yeah. That good fuzzy feeling we got about Edge that was blindsiding us, we got that about Daniel Bryan within the same decade. So, D. Bryan was my backup in case I got, you know, poo-pooed on for Punk. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Which you did. <laughs> Fine, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Kenny Omega. Okay. Let's talk, about Kenny. Yourself. Let's talk about Kenny Omega for a little bit. All right. This guy uh, reminds me of Chris Jericho. Yes, because Chris Jericho, in his resume, 
went from a cruiserweight in WCW, cruiserweight champion, putting badass matches with Rey Mysterio, Dean Malenko, Psychosis, Eddie Guerrero. Then he bulked up a little bit. First undisputed champion. Started having badass matches with Steve Austin and The Rock and Kurt Angle. Kenny Omega was fucking in the indies as the video game guy, the Hadouken guy, the Mega Man, the Omega Man, you know? And then he goes into ring in the New Japan, and he's killing fools in the freaking junior heavyweight division. All because of a broom. Yeah, <laughs> and he became a cleaner. And then what happens? He stepped up his game a little bit. Took over Bullet Club. Now he started. Now he started swimming with the big sharks, mm -hmm. Tanahashi, Okada. And what happened? Wins the heavyweight championship in one of the. We'll get there in a little bit, but Omega won a heavyweight championship there, solidified his group. His group. I dare argue that the Bullet Club was at its most popular with Kenny Omega. I would agree. And then he went back to his bromance. And the bromance took da, off. Da, da. The bromance took <laughs> off. And then another another pillar in that, oh, we need to make a we need to solidify AW. That's that's one of our pillars right there, Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. And now he's not a pillar in the sense that he's a champion, has a great record, and he's had all these no. uh, uh title matches in AEW, but he's a pillar because he's the part of the end. founders yeah, of these. On of the this, business yeah. end, he's a pillar of that company. Mm -hmm. Which whenever you talk about oh man, driving force, what what's what is it that's keep that that brought AEW up? What is it that got us to where we are now? Out of those four pillars, one of them is Kenny Omega. So there is an argument to be made for him. You know who else there's an argument to be made for? Cody. There is an argument there. If you want to talk about the entire decade, um, you know, he was wrestling this entire time. He uh, was, you know, in the group with Randy Orton and Ted DiBiase Jr. Um, I guess I that was last decade, though. Yeah. Um, no, that, that was within this no, decade. It was WrestleMania last... 25. Yeah, it was. That yeah. was like that was last thing. No, I no, didn't. Was it? it might be 26 or yeah. 27. Yeah, you're oh, right. Oh, wait. He had WrestleMania 26. He had a handicap yeah. match against Randy. Yeah, I yeah. remember one of the first matches that my then girlfriend, now wife, saw was an episode of SmackDown of Randy Orton versus uh, Cody in a no-holds bar match. And that was the one. That was a match that hooked her, to be honest. And I got with her in 2011. So that must have been yeah. 2011 or 2012, beginning of 2012. Yeah. So, yeah, that was this decade where he was putting on badass matches, breaking away from Cody and Legacy. And then he – from Cody. Away from Randy and Legacy. Yeah. And then he started having his singles career in WWE, which if you want to talk about of the decade, yeah, that was a little lackluster. I mean, he had Intercontinental title runs. He crossed the oh, prestige. Oh, but that was when he title. was like Phantom of the Cody. And then the paper Dashing bag, Cody Rhodes. Dashing, oh, my yes. God. He yes. was a solid-ass mid-carder. Yeah, and then mid we had Starboy Cody, you know, yeah. Stardust. But then when he left, went to Japan, hooked up with the Bullet Club, hooked up with the Elite. It's all the same story as the Bucks and as Kenny. Now he is running the show of a brand new fucking yeah, this is gonna be our fucking and, and card that we this is our race car that we're gonna to go to every time. AEW, you're starting AEW in this not decade. Even that. But he's part of that. Not even that. You forgot that part in the middle where Cody was R O R O H 
heavyweight champion. Good he point. took it from freaking Christopher Daniels and NWA, NWA world yep. heavyweight champion. There is an argument to be made for Cody. And if you're going to be talking about Cody, you can't not mention his dad and his brother. Because he's creating this whole like family thing, right? But it's based off of the fact that, yeah, he was you know over in NXT when, uh, or well, not in NXT, but he's in Performance Center when his dad was in Performance Center, and like his career crossed paths, but never really did with his brother. But they always tried to. Last half of the fucking decade, it was trying to get him and Dustin together, and they finally got together. And what what did it produce? A match of the year candidate for us. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That was some really good shit, really good storytelling. So he was relevant the entire decade. And they got actually a match of the year for last year. Yeah. yeah. Like wrestling server. I know you have one more, Hector. I uh, got two more at least. Oh, okay. Unless he jumps the gun on one. I probably will. But I'm the Orientic guy. Orientic? <laughs> Orientic. Is that a word? Why well, I made it. Hola, gato. No say más. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. no, no, no. So going to the promotion I usually come here and talk about, which is New Japan, I got to put Okada in there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okada. What was your, what was the first time you ever saw Okada? Okada versus Omega? No. No. Okada no, versus Tanahashi. Wrestle right. Kingdom 10. Yeah. Because so I saw Wrestle Kingdom 9 match? without them. I saw Wrestle but Kingdom 10 with was them. Was that like your first ever, like, oh, this yeah. is Okada. This yeah. is who he is. Yeah. That was my first my first impression of Okada, yeah. And he had just won the belt. Here's the thing. Yeah. The first time I ever saw Okada was in TNA. Okay. Oh, with Samoa okay. Joe. Yeah. Yes. Kato. Yeah. Just seeing him, uh, the way he was to the way he became now, that that guy basically, Tanahashi lifted up New Japan after the dark era. Mm-hmm. Okada took the fucking torch and just ran with it, and nobody can still catch up to him. Okay. So just with that of him carrying the company by himself mm-hmm. and making everybody there kind of more interactive with the stories and make it more meaningful with the matches. That guy, that guy deserves to be part of that. Yes. Part of that list. I agree. If you want to talk about the, the popularity of New Japan in Japan, not necessarily the, the popularity of New Japan here, because the pop, popularity of New Japan here is all based off of the Bullet Club. But the popularity of New Japan in Japan is largely due to then, Okada. Then, not yeah. now. I think it I don't I don't I don't use that argument. Okay. Okada here in the States Go back in those HD net days okay. when uh, Ring of Honor would air shows. Remember Nakamura versus Strong from Survivor Series? We saw Nakamura versus Strong on Ring of Honor television. Yeah, The pops that Okada was getting on Ring of Honor television in the United States. G1 Supercard, Okada in Madison Square Garden. I agree. Getting the pop that he was getting. The, no. the, the, the shows that they've been having here in the state. G1 in Dallas. But Bruh, that's, that's what about that? an American? It's not a Japanese only what thing. A, now. No, no, I'm not it saying it's now. Japanese only. That's not. That's not my point. My point was in Japan they like him first, yeah. instead of liking the Bullet Club. Yeah. Over here we like the Bullet Club first, and then that's they what hooked us onto yeah. Ju- onto Okada. I agree. So in Japan, he's he's the guy. 
Yeah. You know, so which is not a, a, a shameful thing to say. That's yeah. a really good thing for them because they're the ones that help merge it together. It's like, you know, one side of the aisles for the bride, one side of the aisles for the groom. I'm here for the groom, but eh, I like my new in-laws. That's kind of how I, I would think it's going, you know. Well, you were there all in. Yeah. What was the match that the biggest pop happened if it wasn't Hardy <laughs> versus Okada? Yeah. Uh, mm. At 205 and yeah. it broke his fingers. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Brock! Yeah, you know I'm I knew, going. I knew there. somebody was gonna go there. You know I'm I going knew somebody there. was gonna go there. And you know my one uh, you know what's gonna be carved on my tombstone, right? What's that? Quality over, over quantity. quantity. Yeah, he hasn't been put through the meat grinder like everyone else in WWE that to where you can pinpoint the stuff that he does that stands out. Suplex City. Mm -hmm. Who ever thought Bitch. that Brock Lesnar would kill? <laughs> Kill C I L L John Cena the way Lesnar did. He ended the fucking streak, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then he became the champ forever at yeah. the end of the decade. You never get the title uh, off of him. What year did he come back? It was WrestleMania 20... 29th, right? right? With Triple H, WrestleMania and that was 2000. No, he came back 13? in 2008, so uh, 2000. Uh, 2012, or, no, he came back in 2011 SummerSlam he for Triple H, and then the rematch of that WrestleMania. 29. Oh, that was when we had the Kimura yeah. Fest, and then, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the WrestleMania was a rematch, and then the rubber match was the next month at Extreme Rules in the cage, and that's where Lesnar murdered him. And then he went away for a little bit, and, and then, came back. Then we got Punk. What? Then it was Punk it was at punk. SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah. Then after that, it was Suplex. It, it was um. WrestleMania with Taker, and then after that was Suplex City with Cena, mm -hmm. and then after that, so we're talking about like 2014 on is yeah. 2013. After, okay, 2013, after yeah. Suplex City. Well, 14. So well, 14 the, was the Lester, 14 was the streak in Suplex City. The Lester we knew before Suplex City was uh kind of like okay whatever Lester, other than the the ending of the streak, but like. The lesser we know now, well, when, the no. absentee father who's the champion Lesnar that we know now yeah. has been going on since 2013. Yeah, fucking hell, 2012. 2012. Okay. Fucking hell. And the reason we cared this time was because of him being former UFC champion. Yeah. Oh, he legitimized UFC. Now he's gonna come back and bring realism to WWE. And, and he's blood and busting people open, he's killing people with suplexes. He's <laughs> and he's still going. He is one of the one of the only guys in there, along with Styles, was saying that they held a New Japan belt. True. And Nakamura. Heavyweight. Oh wait, yeah. Nakamura, Nakamura heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. For a for a while. But yeah. So if you want to go with the uh getting heat picks, <laughs> I got one more on my list, but if you're gonna say it, say it. Roman Reigns. Oh, <laughs> no, that's my getting. Heat I'm gonna pick. see your Roman and I'm gonna raise you, John Cena. Well, the reason why I didn't say Cena is this because I started to peter out over this decade, and the person that picked up that that mantle, so to speak, has been Roman. Nope, Roman's when been Cena getting... has to come back part time because Roman can't do it full time. Yeah. No, it's, oh, it's okay, Cena. yeah, okay. and it wasn't. And you know what won me over on Cena? It What's was that? the second half of that decade 
when he took the U.S. title and made people, Ooh. made Sami Zayn, made Kevin Owens, made Seth Rollins, to the point that he, as much as AJ was the heel, AJ earned Cena's respect that AJ okay. continued the U.S. title challenge, yep. adding moves, coming back with promos, dude, putting fucking fucking Roman Reigns on the shelf with that damn promo. Hell yeah. You know? And to be honest, I don't even think Roman's ever recovered from that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm John, on my honorable mentions. Like, there's a definite number one, and then there's like a five man rumble to take the next five spots. <laughs> and he's and one Cena's of in it. <laughs> Cena's okay. definitely in it. Okay. Again, you you talk about oh man, wrestler of the year, CM Punk, because you know to forget about him. How many times on this very show do you say, "LOL, Cena wins"? Oh, plenty of times. <laughs> plenty of times, but not over the last two or three years. Yeah. Yeah, but we're talking about decades. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, Abel, since you didn't have any notes, I'm going to put you to the test. Ah, oh, shit. The decade. 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 Your rivalry of the year. Rivalry of the decade. Rivalry of the decade. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I get it right, the show's going to be over. Yeah. I, I'm going to steal somebody's thunder here. Saw my list. <laughs> I didn't see your list, but I know what's on it. With what's on it, without saying it, Okada Tanahashi. Yeah. <laughs> Why will we? Why will we? Yes. Um, because was it three, four times of that headline Wrestle Kingdom? Three, three times. Yeah. Fuck. I knew about those matches happening before I actually started watching New Japan because of Bullet Club. And even when I did start watching New Japan because of Bullet Club, it's like, hi, these guys are still fighting? You know, and remember when we had on um, Jaime hey, Martinez? He he came over here and broke it down for us. It's like Japanese John Cena versus Japanese Randy Orton. Yeah. That's all you got to know. Um, this feud is going on this entire time, and it's just blowing up Japan because it's just that damn good of a feud. So I was like, oh, okay. And then when I finally dipped my toes in it, saw what was going on, I'm like, yeah. Now, there may not have been more matches at Wrestle Kingdom after that, but there's still enough storyline and care that New Japan puts into what happens in their promotion that they still reference it. There's nods. There's this and that. There's all that. So it's still kind of – team together. There's, yeah, there's still point. waves of yeah. that feud that, like, happens. That's so, a, yeah. I'm not going to fight that pick at all. Okay. That's your personal pick. I'm going to respect it. Well, I don't know if it's my personal. This is the pick. But, you put me on the spot. <laughs> but here, but when we're talking about significance, okay. I didn't sign up to New Japan because of Okada Tanahashi. Uh -huh. I didn't go to G1 Climax because of Okada Tanahashi. I'm not trying to go to Japan for Okada Tanahashi. It's Okada Omega, Omega. Yeah. where number one was up here, and then number two is up here, and then number three is up here, and then fucking number five's up here. Yeah. It broke Meltzer's rating scale. Yeah, <laughs> it got the New Japan subscribers went from it Whoop. to uh, yeah. because of those guys. Okay, I respect uh, friends like uh, fucking Andrew Williams. That 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 was my first injection of, of New Japan was Okada Tanahashi, but that didn't make me go spend money on them. Okay. It was Okada Omega that opened my eyes. It felt like I've been watching black and white WWE for the past life. And all of a sudden, it's oh. like HD. Yeah. 
It's like there's other worlds this besides this big fat universe here. Let me yeah. go get my passport and travel them all. Yeah, you know. And now, and and I say this in jest. I watched Impact, traveled a couple of shows, but because of the difference, because of the different aura, because of the different style, because of the different presence of new. Gates to me to where I'm watching Impact, I'm watching Lucha, I'm watching MLW, I'm watching, I'm I'm watching a bunch of shit now yeah. that I would have never even dreamed if it wasn't for New Japan. And what got me into New Japan, what opened the wallet, what opened the brain, what opened the soul was Okada versus Omega. So for me personally, as a human being, that's my rivalry of the of the decade. That's that is Okada versus Omega. You probably throw something completely different than that. Yeah, I mean, we, yes. just, we just talked about two new Japan <laughs> you, you Basically, <laughs> you basically took them over. Those were on my list, but I throw you two curveballs there. I've got a curveball you might not see coming, and I do have as my honorable mention Okada Tanahashi. Okay, so I respect it, but Here, me personally, uh, honorable mentions for this because it uh, oh, number one for me was Okada Tanahashi. Yeah, obviously. Honorable mentions like how you talked earlier, number one, and then Rumble for the rest. Two of those rivalries that I have on my list, Sane and Owens, back in oh, the ROH. Yes! ROH. You that ladder war. Yes. And the fact that on that money, they went to NXT and, and they helped. Continued it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'll give you that. That's, and, that's a really good pick. And here's one of my Dark Horse. Saw the, oh. Awesome. Ooh, you better not steal mine. Well, I stole his, so it's okay. Set on the other I'm a hero. Vampiro. I love that story. I love that story. Oh, my God. That's good. Oh, my God. That is good. It could be goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, that's That's, good. Yeah. That feud lasted all three seasons, didn't it? No, two seasons. Two seasons. It was two. No, it lasted three seasons, but that third season was when it was revealed that they were now on the same black page. Yeah. But they were fighting each other and now they came they, they came to the middle. Yeah. But those first holy fuck, that that hardcore match at the end of the first Ultima Lucha. <laughs> yeah. When he went I uh, love everything's getting loved tonight, man. Yeah. Fuck Lucha. When Pentagon Jr. to the point. The loser that could never win a match in the beginning of the season one. He won that and dropped that moniker and just went to settle Miedo. Mm-hmm. Pentagon Cero Miedo. And so then Pentagon Dark. Pentagon Dark. Yeah. yeah. Transition storyline. And then just the history of them of student versus teacher. Yeah. Student became the teacher. Mm-hmm. Then now they're pairs. They're in the same level. Yeah. All in three seasons. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that one up because we are talking about the decade, but that feud is only really like two, three years. That that gives me precedent to bring up the one I, I, I really want to bring up. One that's more of a sentimental. Because when I pick that one, it's like, okay, well, what is really more of the decade? Yeah. But this one, this one's really, truly my pick. I felt like I stole one of your picks, which I did. So this one's really more of an able pick. Chompa Gargano. Yeah, I'm on the list. <laughs> ah! I, I, oh, the matches that came out of that were gold. They were brilliant. Not only were they hard hitting and they had a lot of moves in this net, flashy. Ooh, wow, check it out. But the way they built the spots in the match where it 
reference the last match where they're like, hey, well, we did this in this match, so I'm going to try it again, and we're going to build off of it. Or, mm-hmm. hey, you did this to me last match, I'm going to counter it. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew with each match that went forward what the hell they were going to do, and they were able to, to, to transition in or out of it. Now, if you if the two years that that feud went on, if you want to put a little bit more longevity to it, you could just say, well, look at the fact that they were a tag team together that was very, very successful for two years before. You know, and you can tease that the dissension actually started in the Cruiserweight Classic when they yes. faced off each other in the first round. I'll right. take you a little bit before that. PWG Psycho and Killer. And again, we versus, don't know that, but there's other people that do exhibit A. Psycho here. Killer versus Johnny Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. That was a rivalry that was bringing that's what that's what caught my eye for PWG, honestly. Okay. Them and then just seeing Generation Me, which the beginning of the Young Bucks, yeah, there. Kenny Omega still showing up in there, doing the moves, and then he started getting a little bit more serious. So but, them that was the rivalry that kind of brought me into that. When would you say th- that started? What year was that? Uh I want to say 14 it was, or 15. It was like late 14. Okay. Okay, that's enough of the decade for me. <laughs> yeah, it was early, Especially early, when you talk about rivalries. Rarely does a rivalry last the entire fucking decade, right? I got a dark horse pick that might throw some people off their game. Okay. And I know y'all aren't gonna agree with it when I say the when I Ooh, say it, I like it already. But I have to explain it. Okay. My my honorable mention for rivalry of the decade. I can't believe I got that right. John Cena. Oh no, you're not. Versus The Rock. Oh, okay. Because that match was never ever meant to happen. John Cena, every chance he got when he was in front of a microphone outside of the WWE bubble was talking smack about The Rock trying to take take his popularity from wrestling to better himself instead of giving back to the audience that gave to him Mm -hmm. and going back to wrestling. He it's it's that rival, it's that feud that is giving way to guys like Riddle to where if he talks enough shit about Brock. Brock's going to want that match just to shut him the fuck up. Yeah. Or Matt Riddle talking shit to Goldberg to where we get that little, hey, you know, I met this guy in the back reading. You can't believe the conversation that happened. He goes, I'm not your bro. Verbatim, exactly (laughs) what it was on a fucking video. But the fact that Riddle did all All that just to get acknowledgement from Goldberg, (laughs) guess who won out of that? Riddle. Riddle. Shooting yourself into a work, brother. all the shit that John Cena (laughs) shot himself into a work. Who won out of that? Brock. We did. Well, because okay. we got Cena versus The Rock, a match that twice. we don't, and twice <laughs> that we never even right. thought, that was never even on anyone's mind. Boom. Cena made that happen. Who's the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now? <laughs> the Rock. Again, I say Rock. But you see, see but wait, come hold on, on a second. second. He's coming up. But hold that, on. That last decade. Not but this but decade. Hold on a second. To that right. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name me The Rock's movies before Fast Five when he came back to WWE oh, television. Walking Tall and some other bullshit. I don't exactly. Know. That's fairy. the point. The Rock <laughs> as a movie star was good. Yeah. Rock coming back to WWE when Fast Five came yeah. out. Where is he now that he's been in WWE? Well, now he's got that Jumanji money. Got yeah. The side. <laughs> yeah. When The Rock calls John Cena a big fat bowl of fruity pebbles. 
and 30 days later, WWE has a contract <laughs> yeah. with Fruity Pebbles. All right. So, The Rock versus John Cena is my dark horse for rivalry of the decade. Can I throw this? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Because I, I, I'll go. I'm on deck. I'm waiting go ahead. for somebody to say Cena Wharton. No, no, no. I'm on deck. Go ahead. You're Daniel swinging. Bryan versus The Authority. Ooh. Ooh. That rivalry was the one that solidified Daniel Bryan as a heavyweight, and as this is the guy we should we should go for. Yeah. All right. And without as, Daniel Bryan, we don't have Kofi. Yep. Yep. And you're still seeing. And Bryan we might not have Bryan. Drew without the authority. We wouldn't have Daniel Bryan, nor would we have Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah. And JJ Security, but that's right. <laughs> All right. You're on I, deck. I'm on deck. Uh, now I'm now I'm swinging the bat. <laughs> that looks like Sasha versus Bailey. Uh. Oh <laughs> shit! Yes, Sasha versus Bailey. I went there. It's still going on now because people are still saying, "Oh man, no one's going to turn on the other, but they're best friends." But they were teasing this and that. This all started from the match that should have been a match of the year. I'm going back and saying we picked the wrong match of the year. It should have been match of the year. Bailey versus Sasha and Brooklyn. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. I'm still that, fighting you that the Iron Woman match was better. Okay, yes. that's okay. Because Sasha made Izzy cry. Don't now, <laughs> we're talking about, you know what we're talking about? Women. Two fucking matches there. That's Which is better than the other? Which should have been match of the year? It definitely should not have been Grave Consequences. So if, it's, if we're talking two of the matches that should be match of the year of the same people, yes. Rivalry of the I decade, Sasha versus Bailey. And that was in a what two year time span? Or a year time span, basically? Even that, that it, spilled, like, it spilled the over into the main roster. Was about six months, but they did spill over to the main roster. And okay. there's still the tension there. So still. So going from that, then if you're gonna make that point, yes, I'm gonna throw there Gail Kim and Awesome Khan. Oh going from the beginning of the decade back to TNA. Yeah. Yes, yes. They had the rivalry was what, more than three matches, mm -hmm. and they yeah. all made you say, "What the hell's going on in TNA?" Mm -hmm. Knockouts I'll, got basically invented and because then, of them. And then when they yes. started working with ODB, with Angelina Love, with Velvet Sky, that then you we saw beautiful Madison, We started realizing, <laughs> "Holy shit! Who knew they had a division of women there?" Although Taylor Wild, some of that shit started before 2010. We yeah. already knew that the knockouts were good, like fucking eight. eight. Yeah, but the reason why I would I would argue my pick over yours it only is because that match at Brooklyn, whether you go with that one or the Iron Woman, whatever the that feud is what I think in earnest sparked Vince to say, you know what, we are gonna go with this women's revolution. It wasn't because of give Divas a chance. Give Divas is a chance was going to Vince and saying, Daddy, please, Daddy, can we have this? No, when when Daddy finally decided <laughs> when Daddy finally <laughs> decided Those guys are good shit was when he actually looked at it and said there might be on something. There might be. There. That's what he he yeah. decided. He I'll, I'll said, "You know what? I'll go ahead and give you what you want because I see it's going to benefit me." Which was that rivalry right there because it was just so fucking good. Keep talking. What's your event of the decade? Oh, <laughs> WrestleMania thirty. <laughs> WrestleMania right thirty. There for anybody that can't see it. Um, I think that there was one bad match on the card. 
which was uh, Kane and uh, Kane the, and DX, DX against the Shield. The Shield that just wasn't good. Um, everything else was decent, but there's two matches on the card. Well, maybe even a third, depending how you want to count it, that really fucking matter. So that being the one and a half, two matches with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at the beginning of the show. Daniel Bryan versus Batista and Randy Orton at the end of the show. We thought that, goddammit, we've been fighting the WWE for a year, telling them we need to push this guy. He needs to be in the main event. He needs to have a one-on-one match for the title. That's it. But instead, he's going to fight Triple H? Okay, fine. Well, at least we got the yes movement to say, well, if he wins that, he goes on to, <gasps> but he's not Randy Orton? Fuck, there's no way that we're going to get what we want because WWE hasn't been giving us what we want for the entire year. They've been cock-teasing us. They're never going to give it to us. And then they fucking <laughs> gave it to us. <laughs> but the hand that giveth is also the hand that taketh away. <laughs> that brings me to the other match. That has super historical importance for the entire fucking decade, which is Brock versus Taker. A 21-year streak was broken by Brock Lesnar. You're not saying it right. Brock Lesnar. That's why Randy loves me because I can do (laughs) it. And that is what started this whole love affair with Brock. That's what started this whole fucking thing with Brock. That's that's the reason why we have the universal title. That's why we have Suplex City. That like that's this why match, we have MMA fighters actually in WWE now. Yes. This match is so fucking significant for Brock's career. It's also pretty significant for Taker's career. It's maybe not famous but more infamous because there's a lot of people myself being a big proponent of it saying that this should have been undertaker's last match it wasn't but it should have been you still get people going back and debating this you still have people pointing to this match saying that this is the reason why taker should have left this is the beginning of what happened with brock this all is surrounded there this very very super important wrestlemania 30 is the most important show of the decade which Wrestle Kingdom are you voting? <laughs> Believe it or not, Wrestle Kingdom is one of the ones that fighting for the Rumble. <laughs> okay. We talk about NXT. We talk about their takeovers. Oh shit! I'm already getting erect. What NXT takeover has set the bar that yet NXT hasn't been able to overcome it since they did it? The first. Nope. No. No. I have NXT TakeOver New Orleans as the best event. New Orleans. Wow. Tell me the card. Remind me here. Give me okay. some refreshers. So That's Ciampa Gargano for the title, right? No. Unsanctioned Gargano. No. Yeah. Yeah. That so was started the whole The thing. beginning of it, NXT, uh, the triple threat title match. Tag team. Undisputed Era, Strong and Pete Dunne, and the Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. If I recall, that's where Strong turn. went. Yeah, Strong turned on Dunn. That's oh. right. Oh yeah, that was really good. The introduction of the North American title. Yes. The ladder match. Gargano Champa. Mm-hmm. Unsanctioned. You had Ember Moon with the showing off of Shayna Baszler. That's when she became she became the champion. Oh. And then for me, the one that 
I fucking loved Almas versus Black. So that's good. Down. Okay, that's good. That's okay. really good. So consensus. My my number one was WrestleMania 30. Okay. So I, I can't argue you. Okay. Much as I would like to. But I'm gonna argue you because I have a takeover in my, as, as as I have two honorable mentions. Ooh, the this first is one, good. The first one, when you said what's the takeover that set the standard, it's takeover Brooklyn one because I've grown up. Hate to say that word. <laughs> I grew up no, he hasn't. watching Samoa Joe in the impact zone. I never saw Samoa Joe in front of 17,000 people. <laughs> There's a lot of guys on okay. that roster. Yeah. Once you went to Brooklyn, you where was the where, where was the, the NXT zone? No, nah, all these other takeovers have been in big arenas around the around the even the takeover London. So, so after takeover Brooklyn won, that set the oh, bar. Sorry. Of that, this, this was WrestleMania X7 for NXT. After X7, everyone was in stadiums because that's the new standard. Okay. So for me, that's a good I, argument. Uh, Tyler Breeze versus just Jushin Thunder Liger. I was thinking yeah. that was going to get some love from you when you were saying takeovers. Um, that's Sasha Bailey, yep. right? Sasha first Bailey one. was in was in that first takeover. Um, I'm trying to remember because it's been a while. And again, a lot of these takeovers, they rifle everything now. It's like every yeah. takeover, nine times out of ten. Fuck, there's fucking fuck. Why the fuck? Yeah, so it's hard because the takeovers tend to bl blur together because every one of them, for the most part, is fucking phenomenal. Was that Finn, Finn and Owens? Main event? The la uh, ladder match. No, ladder match was in Japan for the title. I, I didn't think that no the ladder no it was a regular one on one match in Japan the rematch was the ladder yeah, yeah it was Finn and Owens yeah can I make another argument for another honorable mention go this is going to be very similar to my CM Punk argument oh no because it just means more bash at the beach <laughs> no <laughs> no SummerSlam. no all in. That's that's the other one on my uh, honorable mentions. The reason why I say that this is like a CM Punk type of argument is because it's more about the significance. It's rebellious. And, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's the significance of it. It's the fact that more of the story about it doesn't come out of what actually happened in the matches. It's more about the fact that they sold out their first event before they even became a promotion. Um, when they didn't think that they could do it. This no. was the testing to see if they could actually make all elite wrestling. No. Yeah. Yeah. All in yeah. was like, let's see if we can actually fucking do this. Oh, the guys from Bullet Club are going to put on their own pay-per-view. That's fucking stupid. No. What did they do? No. They sold it out just like that. Let's go all out. Make another one. Okay. Let's see if we could really. All in was the very, very first of yeah. all that shit. And it was all because of Meltzer. These okay. guys can't sell out their bet. own arena. Yeah. I'll bet 30 minutes later, we got a whole new fucking rival yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah. And now we have a brand new promotion because yeah. of it. Because of that. Yeah. I don't remember the fucking matches. I remember thinking Six that. Uh, Omega versus Penta. First time ever. Uh, Nick Aldis lost. That, that's when Cody won the heavyweight title for the first time and everybody cried. Uh, Six-man tag main event with Cody Bushi, Rey Mysterio, and Bandito against the Young Bucks and uh, 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 somebody else. Um, Ibushi, Bucks, uh, Bandido, Ibushi Ray. and Bucks against Bandido, Ray, and uh, and Phoenix, and Phoenix, yeah, 
There's a the lot of good stuff short, on the card. Right. Was there was good short. stuff on the card, but not necessarily significant stuff on the card. Oh, Kata, a girl. Let's go. Yeah. It was memorable stuff. I remember it. No, it was good. I mean, like, like, what I mean is that, like, this wasn't stuff that was uh, having far-reaching effects. Like, it was just like, hey, we have this good wrestler and that good wrestler. Let's put them on a card together. Mm. So it wasn't, like, significant as far as the matches go. But the fact that the show itself was significant, the fact that it happened. Okay. You got any more? I'm out. Here's – since you brought – you pointed me out for Wrestle Kingdoms. <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom 10. Okay. Wrestle Kingdom 10, is that o a – Open weight. Shibata, Shibata Ibushi, uh, Ishii for the never open weight title. Hard hitting match, and we know we all have seen now oh, what man. Ishii could do. Yeah, and Shibata, how exactly. far he, how far he'll go? <laughs> obviously, yeah, because now it's point of no return. Junior, <laughs> Junior Tag, Red Dragon, Matt Seidel, Ricochet, Rapungi Vice, Young Bucks. Fuck. Was that uh, Kenny Omega versus um, Kushida for the junior? Yep. Woo! That I remember vividly because the commentary put over that Omega had shaved his arms the week before so that he could use his stubble as a weapon against uh, fucking Kushida's face. There's still shit like that that I remember from that and wrestling. Here's the thing. That was, I believe, that was the day that New Japan lost Styles and oh, Nakamura, Nakamura, yeah. I was at Nakamura, yeah. which was for the Intercontinental title. And that yeah. next day, Omega took over the Bullet yeah. Club at New Year's Dash. Yeah. I and remember going back to one of your rivalries of the decade. Okada, Tanahashi. Okada, Tanahashi. Okada, Tanahashi. You're right. Can can God, I? That brought back memories. I, I know that this is. <laughs> I not... still go back and watch that wrestling. Yeah. Really? yeah, nice. I know that this is probably not like at the top of the list or even in that little five rumble. You know, but it could it compete for you know maybe a number six or something. <laughs> Ultima Lucha, the first one. See, Ultima Lucha, like get the concept of this. You had a weekly episodic kind of wrestling show, kind of TV show, building up to a season finale, and the season finale is. A pay-per-view that it's not a pay-per-view because it's on live TV. It's just your season finale. What? And it was badass. <laughs> Ultima Lucha, the first one. Ultima Lucha 2, which was uh, two episodes. Ultima Lucha 3 was what? Three? Is Lucha that Ultima 3 was four episodes. Four yeah. episodes. That's right. And but Lucha 4 was just three, I think. Something like that. Yeah. But the first Ultima Lucha, we're like, is going on here and then you had the big cliffhanger at the end like what just happened and then all the like little vignettes of like where everybody is going for the summer kind of like yeah. bullshit it's like what the fuck did i just watch what is lucha underground it's and then so, just and hooked us. It, when is it coming back yeah it's, it hooked us it's a wrestling soap opera yes it was. <laughs> yes so i mean i i think i just kind of threw that out there because i really felt felt like we haven't shown lucha underground enough love on on this uh on this program tonight. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just kind of want to throw that out there. <laughs> One of the other ones that I had was Dominion 2018. Okay. Omega, uh, Omega Kata 3. three When he won it. And that was the night also that Jericho became Intercontinental Champion. Oh, he beat uh, Naito. Yep. You know what? Can I, I know I'm rewinding way far back here. But somebody else that I would like to throw in. Maybe. Male superstar of the year. 
Prince Puma slash Ricochet? Nah. No. 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 You're reaching, bro. I'm reaching. You're reaching. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Because he was he was the star of that fucking show. Nah, I, give, I give you a little bit there. A little bit. Nah. Just reaching. because he he still he brought the attention of what what are they doing with the Super Juniors in New Japan? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You got my back. No, not really. You don't like fucking Puma? That's probably what got him signed. He's curtain jerking. Yeah. (laughs) He wasn't jerking. He was was inserting. That's what he was doing. When you think about pro wrestling in 2010s, give me a most meaningful moment. Meaningful? Yeah. Or most impactful moment. That's not necessarily something that happened on the telly. Because if it's something that not necessarily happened on the telly, I'm gonna go back to CM Punk walking out and then doing the the Cabana show, and that just rocked the wrestling world. You see that as a positive? Meaningful? No, no, impactful. I, I, impactful well, I'm saying positive. Is impactful. What do you mean, like segments? So here's like... so here's so here's mine. So my most meaningful thing in professional wrestling from the 2010s was the creation of the network. Oh, look at okay. everything okay. that's going yeah. on now. Yeah. Everybody, if you're if you're a legitimate wrestling company, you have some kind of backlog that people can pay money to pay to watch at any time. It's changed the entire business. TNA has we it. didn't have to go meet up at a at a brewings to to spend sixty five dollars. We didn't have to pitch yep. in at somebody else's houses ten dollars, and it's wherever I want it, mm-hmm. whenever I want it. The network, WWE Network. Is one of is is the my my leader for most uh, meaningful or impactful moment in a positive of professional wrestling. Well, in a negative, I say PT and Punk leaving. We'll get there. It's impactful. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll okay. get there. Positives. I don't know. I wasn't ready for that because of that's not time. in his notes. With wrestling, I, I was thinking about like because I'm thinking you're looking at the the segments that define the decade or no, that's something separate. Okay, I need to... Or should I just or should I just start going off? Go off, Chris. Honorable mentions: Women's Revolution. Okay, look yes. where we're at now. Yes, five years ago, seven years ago, people weren't paying money to watch women's wrestling. Right, even right. Shimmer was a was a huge niche. Yeah, and now with the movement of Women's Revolution, look where we're at now. We got women main eventing WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You know, we got we got a TV show that's getting new female viewers on because it's based on women's wrestling, whether it's on E Network or fucking Globe. You know, it's with the evolution of women. Um, and then the also thing I got more than anything, the rise of alternatives. Because okay. right now we're this feels okay. like yes. This this feels like the resurgence of the territories. To an extent, I was thinking more of along the lines of the variety if the if the not if the nineties got injected with steroids. Because in the 90s, you had WWE, you had WCW, and if you wanted something out there, you got ECW. Look what the fuck we got right now. Impact, Lucha, Ring of Honor. Even in its own company, NXT is better than its other crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know? And it, the other crap is a bigger pile than what it was yeah. before. So uh-huh. it, it's, and New Japan, uh-huh. all that stuff. AW, MLW, MLW, and all the indies. Yeah, everything. So mm-hmm. just we, this, it feels like a renaissance that probably my grandfather would have appreciated if he was still around and, and being a wrestling fan because he would know about freaking the WCCW and AWA and freaking Memphis and. WWW. We're in Houston, Paul Bosch. God Paul damn Bosch. it. <laughs> Mentioning fucking Dallas before he mentions Houston. What the fuck? How dare you? Uh, God. 
in that train of thought. In that train of thought, yes. Is there any blanks y'all want to fill in? I, yeah, the, I mean, you talk about the renaissance of everything else, but I think this is a part of that renaissance of everything else, of course, AEW, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of deserves a little bit more of a spotlight than just lumping that all yeah. in with everybody else just because of they're the ones that have the best chance of actually making waves and doing something. I think the reason I would stick AEW out more is because of what it actually did. Because when you go back in wrestling history, um, Ted Turner loved wrestling. He made his networks on wrestling. The shows that came before and after his wrestling shows made such became such big hits that he was able to make his own. Okay. And then AOL, Time Warner, they're like, fuck wrestling. 19 years later, AEW uh, and Time Warner and AOL are like, you know what? We need, back some, into that. The, we need yeah. some of that. We'll give you a trial so, period. So oh, wait, you're doing this? So it's, yeah. e- it's easy to just look at the AEW side of that coin, but Ooh. I would have never thought I would have never thought that it would have made of all people the Grinch turn into like the biggest Christmas person. And that's the equivalent of, of, got his of the heart back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They grew three sizes that day. This it beat NXT in the ratings. <laughs> money, money. The hologram of Ted Turner is smiling. He's dead, right? Right. He is dead. Okay. So what I'm about to mention is kind of related to all this. If it wasn't for this, this shit wouldn't have happened. Go. All the stuff you talked about. The rise of independent t-shirt making. So pro wrestling tees and shit like that. If that wasn't around, guys like Colt Cabana, guys like Kenny Omega, people that are in the indies, Marty Scroll, whatever, whoever you want to bring up, the even Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks. Right? they were the one that cashed it. Yeah, in. Oh, they, they can multiply. They this. made. We yeah. can spread this out. They made so much fucking money off of their t-shirt sales that weren't WWEshop.com because they were on the indies that they were able to make enough money to make a fucking aew or get enough money to where they can be like joey ryan and be like you know what wwe i don't like your creative i'm making enough money on the indies nah i'm good fam and I, I'm, I'm just gonna stay out on the indies. she said no four times to yep. wwe <laughs> yeah naito six yeah so the t-shirt company t-shirt you know printing company yeah. on behalf of wrestler business has help that front of it, help that renaissance of letting there be variety of other wrestling out there so much because that's actual dollars in pockets, you know? So, yeah. So going into that, Mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me was, is fucking water, the partnerships that are going on now. How so? The partnerships between other promotions? Yes. Okay. Because WWE didn't want to play ball for so many years that the other companies were like, Fuck it. If you don't want to play ball, I'll go ask this company, which they did. New mm-hmm. Japan had a partnership with TNA in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when I got to see Nakamura, uh, Tanahashi, Okada, then they dropped that partnership, went to Ring of Honor. That's when we started seeing Red Dragon over there. Yes. Worlds collide. All yeah. the all those partnerships. Then you had to a followed suit. Yeah. That's one. how we got to see Liger live in person here in Houston. And it even got to the point that for one time, well, actually twice, for twice, WWE even tried it. 
They got they brought Liger they, to NXT. They got Liger to NXT, and they literally made a trade with TNA oh, so that Rick Flair can be in the Hall of Fame with That's the Four right. Horsemen. And in turn, Slammiversary 12, that was also in Dallas, Christian came out to debut the top moment in Impact history. Yeah. Yeah. It's partnerships. That, yeah. Yeah. The partnerships there. Because they, they, the outside of WWE, they started bringing up their own, the, the titles. Like right now, Wrestle Kingdom, well, I haven't actually seen it recently, done recently, but Wrestle Kingdoms, they used to see the RA being, heavyweight title being defended there mm-hmm. in the WrestleMania in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the British heavyweight title. Ref Pro, yeah. Ref Pro. So I have that as, yeah. That's that, no, that's a good, that's a good call out. Um, I have another one. <laughs> now, now that you got our juices flowing here, um, how about the no. invention of the performance center? Oh, like this is just so big that you almost don't see it. A Triple H creation. Yeah, the, the performance yeah. center slash NXT. What it is, not the game show, yeah. right? Like WWE has a territory that's developmental. But is it really just another territory, another school like Booker T's ROW or, or you know, the stuff up in Minnesota or like whatever? Or like evolve. Yeah. Like, is it like that? WWE evolve. Is yeah. it like that? Maybe you could say all of these are preparatory schools or junior colleges, but the NXT, the Harvard, that's, that's the Harvard. That's a big time university, yeah. you know? Um, they know you're ready to go when you go to NXT. Not only are they training wrestlers, but they're also training commentators video production assistants producers all kinds of stuff road agents you you go there to do that i mean and and we know that's true because look at our friend uh uh, alex rios alex del barrio you know he went over there just for ring announcing and commentating and he got on nxt for a couple years came back and you know i got to chit chat with him a little he's the one who gave me a bunch of pointers on how to do commentary for dcw and ring announcing for dcw so that has effects not just for wrestling or wrestlers but for all of the aspects of the personnel that's in wrestling and beyond because when you have outside fringe groups noticing that things are getting done in nxt you have boxers you have mma fighters you have football players. They're not going there to learn how to wrestle. They're going there so that they can learn something that will help them in boxing, in mixed martial arts, in football, because they went to the performance center and learned that because they went and trained with wrestlers that used to be in MMA or wrestlers that went to high school, to college and played college ball or went with, with wrestlers that have backgrounds in gold, golden gloves and boxing. So that's or become like boxers learning how to take pain. Yeah. You take a bump, it's a lot different than getting punched in the face, yeah. but you start learning that there's different cuts of pain. Yeah. <laughs> so going after that, I oh, might shit. just take the the carpet right under that. Ooh, okay. Because as much as we want to say the creation of the performance center, originally New Japan had that years in ago. The dojo. The dojo. Yeah. Okay. They created their own stars. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously uh, I'm if you put it into perspective, then you have to say Vince probably went like, well, they're doing their own stars. You know what? Triple H. Has what if been, we had a machine been, that we could make our own? Our, well, like our Triple own. H has been bugging me for this. You know what? They're doing it. Why can't I'll maybe he's right? Pull the trigger. Maybe you know? he's right. Yeah. yeah. What well, the dojo? When was that created? 
That was that's crazy. old school, okay. bro. Is that same that's as that's like eighties? Oh, so that's that's that even that, predates the power that's plant, Inoki, right? That's that's Sakuraba. Okay. That's Giant Baba. That's now, a, okay, that's but was that was that bro. just for wrestlers? Or is that also like no, that? That was because, for wrestlers. Okay, because only, only the thing the, the thing that sets apart the performance center is that it's at full sale, and they're actually training fucking students on how to hold a camera, yeah. do the production. That, is what WWE the, excels at. That's the full sale aspect of that, right? But it's still an aspect sense. of it. It's still an aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. But yeah, again, that's really good too. But I was gonna think that maybe the power plant was before that. It sounds like the power plant was after that, right? Yeah, it was way after that. Okay. Yeah. So you led the way with your disappointment. Oh, yes. Hit with one. Ooh, I have to go back on the list for that one. Oh, your biggest, that give me some of your biggest regrets from the year of wrestling. Decade. Decade of wrestling. You know what I regret? Not having another bottle of water. The fall, the perspective fall of TNA. Let's see if I can get past you. Hey, Papa. The perceptive fall of TNA. Yes. The way that... For me, I started seeing TNA back when it was at FS1 around yeah. 2, two or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And yeah. I would actually record those and VCR videotape, you know, so I could watch them later. Oh, man, you couldn't get me one? Did you want one? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll live. All right. So You're seeing, closer, bitch. Seeing them go up to the level as high as I'm seeing great matches with Daniels, a style, Samoa Joe building up. What building on top of what he already was known in ROH, mm-hmm. machine guns, beer money, Kazarian and, and Daniels on the tag we division. Got suicide. The beginning of suicide for me. That's no the Hogan the, the, the Bischoff Hogan, Hogan Bischoff Bischoff. came in and just plummeted. What year was that? Twenty eleven. Uh, I think so. Was it? Because that might have been last decade, maybe 20, 2009? No. No? No, because they did the, the whole Monday Night War thing, which it only lasted like about two or three weeks, and then yeah. they just go back to whatever day. My biggest regret in wrestling might have happened before the decade, but it continued through this decade. And it's been probably one of the biggest hindrances that WWE has been facing as far as crowd reaction to. And it is... Gimmick pay-per-views. God, fuck. It completely watered down the meaning of certain things. Like, you knew a motherfucker hated another motherfucker when their last match had to be in Hell in a Cell. Not because, oh, man, it's October. You know what that (laughs) means? Man, let's fuck some people up. Gimmick pay-per-views, man. It, it, It killed a lot of booking a lot of momentum and they left a lot of money on the table by having like going that route honestly i wish they, they would have just kept money in the bank at wrestlemania yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll do you one one further on that the amount of pay-per-views wwe increased to per year there was one year where they had fucking 16 17 yeah, oh, that was oh. like twice every. And you yeah. could te- you could technically say that now if you're counting and if you're counting takeovers, mm-hmm. because we have at least five takeovers a year on top of twelve pay per views a uh, twelve pay per views a year, and, and now we're doing Super Showdown, there at least two in Saudi, and then you're doing another one, either in Australia or in London or something like that. So that was the year yeah. where we had uh, the two Saudi shows and we had Australia plus eighteen. Uh, yeah. 
2018. Yeah. Which, okay, and you mentioned it. That could be another disappointment, too. The Saudi shows. A lot of people are upset over that shit. But that was after the, the whole... That was after Kuskogi. Yeah. That yeah. was after Kuskogi. Before, the everybody's making one, money everybody in Saudi. Like, oh, shit. But no, the oh, first one, everyone was like, you couldn't have been any more unoriginal. But everybody was happy because they brought Pyro back. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, disappointment! The the absence of pyro. Yes. Yeah. Pyro went away. I guess I give. I got one more, and yes. this is going way back. All right. The destruction of the nexus. Oh. And the creation of the core. So <laughs> Honestly, the whole group of guys, including Brian, was in it. Mm -hmm. They had so much potential. The firing of Brian because oh, of the neck choke thing. They had they had they had everything there. You had Tarver the boxer, you had Skip Sheffield the muscle, you had Wade Barrett the leader, Husky Harris. Uh, no, that's season two. Okay. Um, you had um, damn, Tarver right Sheffield, uh, right Daniel Bryan, um, Wade Barrett. You had Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel. Gabriel. Um, uh, there's two more. Because there were eight guys, but it became seven after Brian left. Uh, Who's the one with the afro? Oh, 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 Darren Young. Darren, Darren Young. Young. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And everything. That, that, that group had, had a variety of everything. And what that would have been a powerful faction there. What fucked that up was the TLC match with Barrett and Cena. Barrett should have won that. But that, yeah. that was towards like the tail end when it would no, go down. Barrett should have beaten Cena was the guest referee. The oh, yeah. summer Survivor yeah. Series before that. That's when you started seeing. Oh, that's all they. That's how. That's how far they're gonna take this. Ah. Oh, we fucked up. So let's make a. Let's split off the brand and do NWO Wolfpack, and then and then we'll the refill. Core. Then we'll fill NWO Black and White again. Oh wait, that didn't work. Now we gotta fix NWO Black and White again, and we'll inject it with some CM Punk and see how far that goes. Yeah, no. God, Nexus, fuck. You want to talk about a, a, a faction that should have been a faction of the decade if it was around long enough? Fucking yeah. Nexus. Yeah. God damn. How? That's 2011. Yep. Yeah. Was that? Yep. I was oh. still married then when I went to Dallas. Right. To 2012 was what? Money in the Bank with Cena and Punk? Yeah, it was a year before. Mm. Okay. How about... Um, not Daniel Bryan being in those Royal Rumbles. Ooh. Because of that, that's why everybody hates Roman. <laughs> <laughs> and they oh, actually booed Rey Mysterio. Mysterio. Oh, that's why people hated Batista. Yes, the first yeah. Rumble. They, no, we got Roman because of the knee-jerk reaction of, holy crap, listen to how over Roman is. No, yeah. Roman wasn't that over. We were that anti-Batista. Yeah. Why were we anti-Batista? We wanted Daniel Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah. So, yeah, I think two more left, right? Segment when you think of wrestling. Here we go. Segments, promos. Sections of television, five segments that describe that that make up your 2010s. When you talk, when you think about the last 10 years of wrestling, the first one is obvious. You've been sucking his dick for the last 45 minutes. So please Start entail the pipe bomb. <laughs> the pipe bomb. Uh -huh. 
that is the thing that got punk over uh in fact like you could just say the word the pipe bomb and you know what the fuck you're talking about it was a shoot promo that may have been worked but not worked at all that was pretty much a shoot that see punk just did <laughs> out of nowhere it literally cut off his mic and then we had that style of promo happened a whole lot of times afterwards because you had AJ Lee's pipe bomb and then you had the Miz's pipe bomb on, on Talking Smack. And yes. now everybody wants to have a pipe bomb, have a no fucks given type of promo. It it was a promo that changed the way you do promos. Thanks to that pipe bomb, it opened audiences of, wait, he mentioned ROH. Yeah, he who's mentioned- Cole Cabana? What are you talking about? That taking the title and defending it in New Japan? Yeah, that what doesn't exist. The, yes, outside the the universe, mm-hmm. it does not exist. Yeah. Now they, it brought it into now continuity. It's like, now it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, AJ Styles is on is is in the Rumble. He held the same belt in Japan that Brock Lesnar held in Japan. Him, and Kurt Angle. Him only. And Kurt Angle. Him mentioning, yeah, I'm a Paul Heyman guy is the whole reason why now we have Rock. But you know, like that's that's the reason why Heyman got the job to come back, and now he's representing Brock. And you hear every week, oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go left field on this one, please. Way, way, way left field. What year? Uh, I want to say three, three or four years ago. Okay, that wasn't too helpful. The Broken Saga. He just came. Oh, I'm sure uh, Randy is uh, very familiar with uh, that thing. I am going to scoot this way, please. <laughs> water. Give me more water. Yeah. Tell me you were not fucking watching every segment that you, from Matt Hardy just going, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. What is this? But everybody was so entertained mm-hmm. of brother versus brother. Then... Brother loses, becomes crazy, gets another alter ego, beats younger brother, makes him crazy, and guess what? You're all in my universe. Brought my wife, my kid, and my father-in-law. Nice. And my kid actually won yeah. a match. You did? <laughs> little, uh, little King Maxwell. Maxwell is undefeated. Yes. <laughs> but honestly, that changed the perspective, some of the perspectives of wrestling. Yeah, it did, because now you could do viral videos as promos to get over whatever you want to get over. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a match. It's just you acting crazy. Mm -hmm. With that, I'm starting my decade in 2010. Ooh, going early. Before this, I've always been a fan of this guy. But when you have the opportunity, when the red light goes on and you only have that opportunity to get people's attention, you have to steal. You have to kidnap it almost Mm -hmm. so that they remember who you are, so that they remember even when until they're gone. And the first thing that pops to my mind in 2010 was Jay Lethal's impression of Ric Flair. (laughs) (laughs) And Ric Flair calling him out on it. 
and the promo part, the part where JY goes, I'm gonna frame this moment and hang it on my wall because with a tear in my and a tear in my mom's eye, she knows that I've made it. Because I'm look at my arms <laughs> because <laughs> I'm in the ring with Nature Boy fucking Rick fucking Flair. Yeah. And Jay Lethal stopped gone from that point and from there black machismo from there that heel rick flair persona is what got him the ring of honor title and that's what he started doing was basically rick flair nwa mid 80s yeah and that all started 2010 on impact that pro that first promo and then the next one that's my life that's my life that's my life oh fuck yeah that was hilarious there you go was it it looked like the force and wind four horsemen when the rain took a big dump and out came (laughs) y'all you're gonna learn that getting on is a whole lot easier than getting off whoa whoa that's my life Oh wow. man, I he he, he's free balling. So we're going, we're playing tennis. Hit me with another one. I forgot you, about that. Hit man. me with another one. He, he, I pipe bombs on my list too. So he got, okay. he got yeah. one. The street. That moment of me, I was a honestly, I'm, I was a big, well, I still kind of am, a uh, big fan of the Undertaker. But when I saw that happen, I was like. And I, I had the feeling like I remember being in my in the room where I was watching it, and I even told my cousin, "Is like Undertaker's gonna lose here." It's like, nah, this is straight. You're like, he's gonna lose. It's like, why do you say that? Like, honestly, after Brock, who the hell could beat up the Undertaker? He's somebody from back then. Who who can beat him up? Then when it happened, it's like I felt disappointed because I actually guessed it right. And the other thing is like, fuck, that's it. Nobody from the Attitude Era left. I had deja vu, man, because I remember back in the day um, sitting at a a, a, a sister-in-law, brother-in-law's house watching Pacquiao versus uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. And I was was telling everybody in that room, I was like, man – Pacquiao's taking it's taking this for granted. Marquez is gonna knock this motherfucker out when he least expected. <laughs> the end of that sixth round with 10 seconds, nine seconds to go, blop, and there was Simba Dude. crying on top of him. So when I'm at the Superdome with my bro from another Mo Scott and my girlfriend at the time, Lisa, and Brock Lesnar's F5 in the fuck out of out of Taker, I'm thinking, I don't think this is gonna last any longer. I think Taker's about to lose. And before that sentence even finished, one, two, three, and we're all like. What the fuck just happened? Yeah, <laughs> like was... even we saw it coming and we still didn't believe it happened. You you heard the change of the crowd going. You yeah. heard everybody go. <gasps> Silent, yeah. and then it just came back. Yeah, oh, that fuck. was amazing. Okay, I'm gonna break up the tennis match for for a second. Go. I have one. CM so, Punk's pipe bomb was 2011. Thank you. Uh, here's one from a little bit later in the decade. It's a very, very short, very short, short promo. <clears throat> Enjoy infamy, Velveteen Dream. <laughs> that was a good one. What came first, the chicken or the egg? My honorable mention. I know you have a heart, Alistair. It's just in the wrong place. 
that promo that built up to that match okay. where Alistair kicks the mic out of his hand yeah. and then does sit, sits down and then yeah. Velveteen's like yeah. and the reason I remember that is because there are these two girls that are completely into the show and when they saw Velveteen get that close they're jumping but you can see right behind Alistair Black yeah. these girls are like what the they're like marking the fuck out. Yeah. That's my inner me right there in the background. So I know that I'm not the only one that feels everybody had that same feeling. And that's that, that's on my list. That's 2018. Yeah. Yeah. No, 17. That was 2017. 17. 17. Um I, I, I came up with one more. Do y'all want to get back to the test match and I'll interrupt again? Or you want me to shoot, shoot give, mine? I'll go okay, back go ahead. Going back to that event. WrestleMania. The Daniel Bryan moment. Finally, the changing of the guard. Uh, I'll see that, and I'll raise you raw from 2014, the end of 2014. What happened there? That year, Brian wins the title. Uh -huh. That same week, his dad died. Oh. And he stayed in the company because he didn't want to leave wrestling. Then he fucked up his neck, and he didn't know what he was going to do. So he had an announcement to make. Is he going to retire? Mm -hmm. No. As soon as he said no, I hadn't heard a reaction like that since when Steve Austin saved Mankind and he, Mankind won the title. That pop. When Daniel Bryan said no because every, because everybody's about to cry. We've already had the Edge thing. We've already had the Christian thing. We've already had wrestlers retire in the ring that way. When Daniel Bryan said no, everybody was like, Oh my God! And he announced himself in the Royal Rumble. I I I was in tears before he said that because I was like, man, I'm not ready. He finally got his moment, and he's about to leave us. And when he faked me out, I was like, you son of a bitch! I got one. I'm not sure if it happened before or after. Mark Henry. Damn it! You stole mine. <laughs> Mark Henry. 2015. It think. was after, right? I think Mark Henry upped that one. My heart don't pump Kool-Aid. Yeah. In a salmon jacket. In a salmon jacket. <laughs> Which now when you ever go to a WrestleMania, they have it there. They have the That's fucking jacket. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I was going to mention that because that was really good. Yeah. Since, since you invoked it, I have to bring it up. You sent it in passing. just ran right by it like nothing happened. Edge. Yes. You want to talk about... The times that wrestling has made you cry when Eddie died, when you found before we figured out that it was a double murder suicide with Benoit, when everybody was on Raw just saying, Hey, we learned that you know, you know, he passed away, that made you cry. But then also, Edge, Edge that was the next one that just had everybody balling, your boy included. Out of Edge. nowhere, he won the title the night before at Mania. Defended the title, or well, it was him and Del Rio, right? Yeah, yeah. And they had to come out the next night on Raw and Done. say, "Sorry, I gotta go." Oh man, that was some heart wrenching shit, dude. That that was probably the first time in the decade that you had a promo that just made people just fucking cry, yeah. you know. And now. Beginning of this decade, you have a moment with Edge where he comes back that made people fucking cry. 2017 on Raw, something happened that I would have never, ever thought would have happened. What's that? I felt sympathy for Paul Heyman. 
when Samoa Joe becomes number one contender <laughs> and he is not afraid of Brock Lesnar yes! and Paul Heyman. You want Brock? You got Brock. And then Joe pushes him in the corner. You know, I'm very disappointed that your client chose not to come out here and participate with me man to man, face to face. It shows me what kind of man he really is. So something's about to happen to you, and I want you to take notes, and I want you to remember this for the rest of your life. I'm about to choke you out. <laughs> You're going to feel my arm around your throat, and it's going to tighten. And your vision's going to go to black. And I want you to remember this in vivid detail. And I want you to yeah. tell your client because this is what's going to happen to him. I'm just an advocate. I understand, Polly, But this is what's about to happen. And then it fucking happened. Yes. And the cherry on top, not only did it make people feel sympathy for Paul Heyman, people cheered for Brock. They were chanting for him. We want Brock. And what was the cherry on top? Joe picked up the mic and said, so do I. <laughs> oh, man. Zach, so brother. So good. <laughs> Going to that segment, if I remember right, wasn't the camera panned so close to them that yes. the microphone the, got yeah, from the you camera? Weren't hearing yeah. the micro you weren't hearing from the mic. You were hearing from the camera. Yeah. yeah. So and people in the audience didn't hear it. Yeah, nobody in the audience heard it, just people at home. Yeah, and that brought you back to the old school era of Jake the Snake Robbers. Of, yeah, yes, talk low, people will listen. Yeah, yeah. that segment had me close to TV, like, what the fuck now, is Samoa Joe gonna do? It was the same angle, it was the same feud. I, I think it was either the next week or something like that, where you had Brock. On one side of the arena via satellite, you had Joe on the other side of the arena via satellite. And Joe was like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> and he like got up, walked around the arena he with security and everybody like, no, man, don't, don't, don't do it. And he's like, fuck it. Brock! Brock! <laughs> you want to talk about talking low so that people will listen? He threw that shit out the window that week. He was like, motherfucker, where are you? I'm going to find you, bitch. <laughs> that, was, that was great. Oh, man. <laughs> That rivalry, that that that, whole, that 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 short lived, but that reminds me of Velveteen Alistair. In that five or six weeks, you got everything you needed instead of drawing it out for three shows or nine months. That's all you needed. And that was it. But God damn, <laughs> you got any more? <laughs> I I don't know if if this will constitute as a promo, but every single time. Dario Cuento came out of his office and said, Hold, Hold on. on. <laughs> Hold on. And then, ring the bell. <laughs> I guess if we're going to go back to the set, to, we're going to keep with keep on going with the segment. I have to go back to the talking smack segment. With the Miz? Miz? With the Miz. Yeah. Yes. He brought the reality of it. And um, that turned around the opinion of everybody on the Miz. Everybody hated yeah. the Miz. No, yeah. no, no. I, I that hate is too strong a word. Everybody meh the Miz. Yeah. And then he cut that promo. Now everybody was like, oh. "How dare you? Where, where's this guy been?" Yeah. 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 This isn't about the living. It's not. No, this isn't about the dead. It's about the living. It's about my sister, my wife. It's about me going from undesirable to ungoddamn deniable. 2019, Cody Rhodes building up to his match with Chris Jericho at fucking full gear. God damn. Yeah. 
I shed one for that because I felt for that, you know. Yeah. It's like you, I failed to read in that book of yours, Alliance Tell, that you can get for three dollars <laughs> at any random flea market. <laughs> oh my god. Woo! Aside from AJ's pipe bomb, AJ Lee's pipe bomb, uh, was there any other women's promos that we could add to this list? No. <laughs> Just straight up. Honestly, no. 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 Okay. Because she was the one that basically killed the Bella Twins. <laughs> she did kill the Bella Twins in that promo. There Tyler wasn't anything is... from like a, 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 from TNA from the Knockouts era, the beginning of the mm -hmm. decade. No. Okay. Honorable mention. For promo? For promo. Also from 2011. Poor John. <laughs> he got chewed out by CM Punk in the middle of the year, but that wasn't his first ass chewing. With the because rock? the rock, that moment oh. when the rock came back as a special guest host for Mania, and he goes, I'm here for one guy. I saw him in the beginning of his career, thought he was a cool guy, and then from out of the blue, started talking trash about the rock. And now I'm here. His name's John Cena. I'm sitting on the couch with my kid. And the Cena sucks chants going on, and she doesn't understand why people are chanting Cena sucks. So it's like your moment at the rumble yeah. with the kids. I have to teach these kids, like, you know what? He's for you, but he was for me back in the day. He ain't that no more. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know about the Dr. Duganomics. You're still in you're still in second grade. Shut up. <laughs> but when The Rock broke out John Cena, we went from Austin 316 to can you smell what The you can't see me. <laughs> Bruh. That's when, like, the reality era started kicking in where people are like, oh, I didn't realize The Rock and Cena had beef. Tweef. I didn't, I didn't know that exists. I didn't know that can happen. And then now it's oh, like. Oh, that could be a, a, a positive mm -hmm. thing. Twitter. Go, going into, Twitter for wrestlers. Going into that promo. You had the moments where The Rock basically took John Cena to school. Oh, rapping him. And then the thing that I liked, the, the the time when he came back, when he actually came back and they started doing those feud segments. One day, John Cena would talk, and then the following Monday, The Rock would come back and talk to the point where they did it face-to-face -face for the first time. After that, that first time, that uh, on the second time, John Cena called him out. I was like, what? You don't have your promo scripted on your oh, phone. Oh, it's on your yeah. phone hand. Yeah. Uh, what about the rock concert where he was singing, dissing fucking Vicky Guerrero? Oh, here in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. That was it wasn't oh. a savage concert when he was yeah, a heel. That's probably um, why. How about your arms are too short to box with God? Oh. <laughs> with Johnny Unitas. Is Johnny Unitas or Triple H? It was Punk it was against punk. The Rock. It was, yeah, it was, it was rock. Punk and The rock. Punk and yeah. rock. Your arms are too short. Yeah, so that's 2012. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of good, a lot of good promos. A lot of good wrestling too. Yeah. 2010s. Give me a match that made your 2010s. When you think back of that decade, I already said it. Banks Bailey won. No. Well, <laughs> that's that's one of them. That is one of them. But the one that defines this decade, WrestleMania 30, Rock versus Taker. Yeah, that's what I, I got that as my honorable mention. That, yeah. 
It's it's too for you. That's it's too not. important of a match. The, not necessarily means that I like the match or that it was good or anything. It's just that it's so important for the history of WWE and the history of wrestling that like you can't just look past it. It's the same like uh, Hogan Andre at WrestleMania three. The match was absolute dog shit, but that's what put Mania on the map. You know, everybody goes back and says, "Well, oh, remember when you saw Hogan versus Andre?" People 20 years from now, remember when Brock beat The Undertaker in Mania? That's how significant it is. I got one for you. Yes. I was there for the first one. Okay. Okada Tanahashi. No. Shut up. <laughs> Sean versus Taker 2. A two? The one in Phoenix? I couldn't, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't put the first one there because it was just right before the first yeah. one. It was the second 2009? One, yeah. Yeah. The second one was... The story build up for the the end of, from the the end of the first year. The, oh, when Shawn Michaels accepted the slamming, he's like, you know what? I think I got I, one more. I think yeah. I can get you. And then the build up to that, it was when it happened was that Taker told him no. Yeah, was it that was it that first him. week where Shawn was in the ring and Taker just looked at him and laughed and walked out? Yeah. Oh my God! And, and, and Shawn build up the build up Royal Rumble. Shawn saying. I'm going to win it, and I'm going to face you. When he got knocked out, what happened in the Elimination Chamber? Shaw came out of the fucking floor and super kicked him. Jericho won it. Yeah. And won it. Yeah. So it put that story there. It happen. And Taker, as soon as it made him, we're like, okay, mm -hmm. I'll give you the match, but put your career on the line. If I can't beat you, I have no career. Yeah. I'm going to start again with the decade. I'm going to start it from the beginning. It's hard not to look. It's it's hard not to pick this match. Money in the Bank, CM Punk, John Cena. Ah, you so, stole one of mine. If you thought yes. RVD's homecoming at ECW One Night Stand 2 was raucous, yeah. turn that up to 12 yeah. in surround sound. In a bigger arena. Yeah. Yep. Big Show's getting carted away on a stretcher, that pay-per-view, and people are still chanting CM Punk. They don't care about anybody but Punk. Yeah. And, oh, fuck, dude. The screw job trying to do it at the very end. Oh, and then don't. The, get, get, get them, get them mojado. <laughs> we win, though. We win, though. Ven, <laughs> te necesito de ayuda. Ven. Del taco. Oh, the real. Show us over here. Yeah. <sighs> that too already. Sasha Banks and Bailey from Takeover 2015, the yeah. Women's Evolution. One or the first one? Yeah, I got that one on my list too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just that one again, so significant because of the historical aspect of it. 2016, Matt versus Jeff, the final deletion on Impact. Oh, okay. That. <sighs> This is pro wrestling. This is Puro Resu. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yes. Um, that's all you got to say about that say. match. Like, what you, YouTube it and thank me later. 2017. The Next Generation 60-Minute Men. Okada versus Omega 2. We love number three because it had a start, middle, and end. But that defined the next generation of pro wrestling in that match. Yeah. Those guys. Um, 2019, there's more than one royal family. Cody Dustin, AW Double or Nothing. And that promo afterwards, 
Um, honorable mentions, Lesnar Taker, WrestleMania 30, Suplex City, 2014, Cena yeah. Lesnar, Grave Consequences, Phoenix and Mil Muertes, just the presentation yeah. of like, that's like, and not saying this in a negative way. If WWE wanted to do a cover song of Lucha Libre, that's it. That's yeah. it. Grave Consequences. Yeah. Um, and um, the arrival of NXT. 2015 Elimination Chamber, Cena versus Owens. You don't want to throw uh, honorable mentions to the first uh, War Games? There's a lot of matches that deserve honorable mentions. I try to narrow it down to like yeah. two or three, but that first War Games, yeah. That first War Games was pretty damn good. Yeah. There's a lot of what, stuff on this What list, about, and this is going to be hard to whittle down just from this feud, Ciampa Gargano's. The second one probably because maybe the third one went a little bit too. That early. last man standing, I love to death though okay. the way that finished. That they're both out and Champa just like just fell because he was handcuffed or something. Yeah. Fell on his two feet. And yeah, won, that's why he wanted to win it. Yeah, yeah. I have two on my list that I still. You already said Bailey, Sasha. I said a Sean Taker. You brought back up Punk Cena. And you even said Okada uh, Omega. Uh-huh. But you Number said two. two. Number two. I'll go for one. Okay. The wow. introduction. Yeah. Yeah. The day the, the the christening of yes. Kenny Omega as a main eventer. Yeah. In Wrestle And Kingdom. just the way they protected the one wing angel in that Fuck, whole yeah. match. Yeah. That because whole feud. They built the whole feud based on he can't hit the one winged angel. If he hits it, it's done. And because number three got the payoff because that's what it took. The payoff was in three, and in two, he made it. He did he did the one wing. But he was so burned out, he just burned out. And the fact that some of those were landed right there next to the rope where he yeah. just, his foot landed there. Yeah. So out of that, I got that. But as a number two for me, Okada Shibata. Oh, Ooh. Dominion? Yes, but it's not the fact that we not lost that it's Shibata. Last, yeah. No, take the, that out the picture. If you have, the, if you don't know that Okada, that that Shibata's last match is that that match is brutal. Yes, oh. and of course, me knowing, I'm the New Japan guy. Yeah, me knowing the history. Of course, we all know what Okada can do. Shibata, this was supposed to be his christening, his comeback story because he left them when New Japan was in the shitters. Yeah, he did. Shibata tried his hand in MMA, failed at that. His return was against Sakuraba, right at the at a Wrestle Kingdom. It was yeah. a, that it was it was it wasn't a never title, but it was like a no holds barred or something like it that. It was it was a, his or first match. No, his first match back was against uh, Hiroki Goto in an over overweight oh. title. And the reason why why it became that it started off with him. Out of when he left, he was projected to be. One of the four, they call them the four musketeers, kind of like your four horsewomen four or pillars. Horse. Yeah, it was himself, Okada. Okada, no, it was himself, uh, Tanahashi, um, Nakamura, and uh, damn, I forgot the third, the other one. It wasn't Naito yet. Uh, uh-uh. Naito came up when when Okada came up, but and that was in the shitty years of New Japan. Mm-hmm. So uh, history lesson. Yeah. <laughs> so. When he take outs, when he left, <laughs> when Shibata left, he left because there was nothing there. That's when they started bringing Sap, Brock Lesnar, Bobo Sapo, Kurt yeah. Angle, Kurt Angle, even freaking Vader. 
yeah. got brought, brought in there because they were in the shutters. When he came back, he was blackballed from New Japan. So when he signed, he had to go from the first one to the top. Mm-hmm. And first match, Goto. Then he went against the old faction, which was the four old pillars. Beat each and every one of them individual. The last one was like the main boss. And that's when he captured another title. And then he became part of their group to defend them because back then they used to do their um, pro wrestling Noah against New Japan. Okay. Their world, their uh, Survivor Series type thing. And crime supremacy. Yeah. 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 Well, the thing is that prior to him returning to New Japan, he was with Noah. So when the people from Noah and their champion came around, I was like, you were with us. What the fuck? So they started brawling to the point that all the Noah guys got injured. Mm-hmm. So they kind of left that hanging because it never ended. It never got his proper ending. Mm-hmm. After that, he went against Tanahashi for a good series because Tanahashi called him out in his book and on public, uh, you're a piece of shit for leaving this hanging and <laughs> let it and having me carry this whole company by myself when yeah. you were supposed to be there beside me. He got his matches with him, earned his respect. Faced against Nakamura, earned his respect too. Brought against Ishii, earned <laughs> his respect too. Came up yeah. to the top guy, which is Okada. And right where he was supposed to grab that title and say, finish my story, his story actually ended there. Wow. He wasn't never supposed to win that match, but by that year, he was supposed to be the next big guy in, yeah. in, in New Japan. Yeah. Fuck. Imagine Shibata Omega, Shibata Styles. Ugh. Yeah. If he was still wrestling now, you would like Jay White getting the fuck beat out of him by Shibata. Oh, yeah. yeah. PK's flying all over the place. God damn. So that's yeah. why I have that matches. The significance for me, but just the fact wow. that if you take away his last match, that being his last match, the brutality of that match yeah. was fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. And the- you, could, you could earn Okada's respect mm-hmm. in that match because he takes a fucking beating, bro. I'll, I'll, I'll raise you. You, if you put down Suplex City, I'll raise you the bitch maker. <laughs> okay, the bitch. You maker. remember that one? All right. Yeah. He tried. Uh, Shibata grabbed him as a rainmaker. As soon as he turned him around, he just <laughs> <laughs> and he okay. still holds on to him, picks him up, and does it again. Torrential downpour, like, but put yep. a pinch of chops. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's a decade, man. Is that? Are wow. we done? That's yeah. it. Wow, what's now, what's what's I'm, in the t- what's in the ten what's in the twenties that that makes you hopeful? Honestly, AEW, AEW does make me hopeful. I hope that there is going to be a lot of good stuff that comes out of it. Although, even now, first year or, or uh, into the new year, first month, I already see that there's a lot of flaws in AEW. Um, the biggest main one is. God, too many fucking factions, you know. They're just making factions after factions. Now we have not only is MJ MJF running around with Wardlow, now he's also running around with the Butcher and the Bunny and the Blade, right? Like, goddamn, we'll throw pinch a faction. Like, dude, everybody is gonna be a faction on there, man. And I, but I hope that they're gonna break some of that stuff up, and then we're gonna see just badass storytelling, badass matches. Um. So I, I kind of have a lot of high hopes for them. Um, I also have high hopes for Impact. This whole decade has been about when's Impact going to get off of life support and going to fucking finally croak. But maybe this decade they're going to do what New Japan did 
which is they were dog shit. Now they're not, you know. Oh, yeah. You know that clock is running for something else now. I'm not looking at the death of impact. Yeah, death of ROH. No. Oh. I'm looking with the uh firing of the vice presidents with uh, his attention being diverted to uh, XFL. Not just that I'm kind of optimistic that, that the XFL might have learned the lessons from itself and from the AF. I'm thinking the countdown is on before Triple H is in charge of everything in WWE now. And I'm calling it this decade is the decade that Triple H is the next generation of WWE. Completely. Okay. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Cut. The days yeah. of Vince McMahon are numbered officially in this decade. And the, and the sooner the better. <laughs> um, add to that, knowing that is the return of the territories. Yeah. Basically, right now on the forefront, the one that's doing it along with, because I think Aldous was doing it before, bringing the title everywhere. The one that's going to bring it into people's views is going to be Marty. Yeah. Marty's already doing it. Marty is a, it's he stayed in ROH. Is continuing with New Japan. Going to NWA and you know he's going to he's bound to end up in AEW. No disrespect to Nick Aldis. I could, I like the guy. I like him as Magnus in Impact. I can appreciate the effort that he did from nothing to make that NWA title what it is now. That was like a grassroots movement. Yep. Marty is not a grassroots movement. He is a face. He is a presence. He is he is a guy that, as much as I just praise all this, if there is a next level, Marty's taking that belt. NWA belt is going to be or is it's going to be taken to the next level with all with Marty Scurll around <laughs> the world doing what all this primarily did in the here in the U.S. I think Marty's going to. Really, really, uh, re-legitimize old uh, ten pounds of gold. Yeah, and I'm ready for it, man. Yeah, I'm ready for it. One thing that I, I'm switching gears a little bit, but still on topic of things that we're looking forward to. Um, we saw the beginning of the women's revolution here at the end of the decade or last half of the decade. But even sitting here, all three of us talking for over two hours, talking about the best stuff from the decade. Maybe ten percent of what we talked about involved women. Yeah. 15 maybe i look forward in this next decade maybe when we do the decade of review of the 2020s maybe half maybe 60 percent <laughs> of it will be uh all about like the women we we talked about our promos of the decade and i even sat here and i asked are there any women promos of the decade and we're like no 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 Watching my head this entire time thinking, there's think, gotta be I, one if i could think of a segment it would probably be the Becky's bloody Becky nose. Bloody nose. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't a promo. It was a segment. Yeah, you know. But I think um, WWE took the path to create NXT. I think somebody needs to invest either in Shimmer or Stardom That's to the wow to the point. No, not 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 wow. Shimmer. Okay. Shimmer or Stardom to the point where they create performance center to okay. balance out 80% guys, 19% girls, and that 1% of 
welcome to. But if you if the, if we're doing a women's movement, we need to balance out that that population. So yeah. there has to be some kind of stake, some kind of investment. Or if WWE wants to make that risk, if they're doing a PC in London, if they're thinking about doing a PC in Japan, they need to make they need it. to do one in Venus. Somebody needs <coughs> in that aspect. Yeah, there needs to be an us female centric centered PC type thing, whether it's a Japan dojo or a Shimmer okay. kind of like dressing room type thing, whatever they want to call it, to where it's we breed the best women. And they go on to make phrasing. <laughs> we train women to be the best wrestlers in yeah. the world, not to be the best female wrestlers in the world. We train them to be the best wrestlers in the world and have and bring that population up to where that the promo Becky cut on backstage where, yeah, we need to kill the women's title. Just make it a title. Well, you know what? They did uh, it. Right now, there's still 80% guys on your roster, 20% women. So it's really – it's not conducive yeah. to have 50-50 shows where that means mostly all your women get time but not all your dudes get time. We need to balance that out. In order to balance that out, we need a, we need more capable, competent, talented um, – I don't want to say attractive is the word, but unique women. You can have your Kelly Kellys, you can have your Bella Twins, but we can also have our ODBs, our Piper Nivens, our her thing. Yeah, you know, and, and but that those doors don't need to be opened; those doors need to be built. And you don't need to put Santino in a bra yeah. to do it. You don't need to, yeah. even though it served its purpose. I understand why right. I did it, and I think it actually proved the point that the women deserved it. That that. But the there is a lot of they put the women over. Yeah, yeah, there's a yeah. lot for people yeah. that don't that are just scratching the surface, don't want to dig deep. You can complain about that, but it's that served yeah. a purpose and it made everybody better, I think, in the long run. Hector, the, you the, look the doors need to be built, not opened. You look like well, you're, you're for, that, on for that promo of Becky. They went ahead and took acknowledgement of, of what she said and applied it in NXT. They took away the women off that title. I, I would have done an ass backwards. Because I first before they no I I I I still need to research because I don't really pay too much attention. But maybe that's because they do such a good job. I need to pay attention to see how UFC references things. Mm. In that aspect, they call I it wouldn't phantom weight. I would the phantom weight is there's the a, women's there's belt. There's a couple. No, there's a couple of weight classes that are both men and women. Okay, it's towards the lighter weights, the fly weights, the feather weights. So okay. I wouldn't suggest taking away. The women in the title, I would suggest adding men's to their titles mm. to make an evil playing field. I understand why they want to take away the the aspect of women because it's it's like oh we can only have so many women's classify. matches. Yeah, it's, it, we don't need to classify them. But the reason they're classified, if you want to look at it from the other side of the glass, is because the men aren't. So instead yeah. of declassifying. Let's label the men. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it, it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman. We could still sit up here and say Bailey Sasha from Takeover was better than half the shit on Raw and SmackDown, whether you have a dick or not. Yeah. So it's not about taking away the women. It's it's putting the the the, the classification on the men and just letting everybody decide. Because at this point, the person that the women's badge matters is in the politics side. Not on the fan side. Yeah. Fans are buying Becky merch. They're buying Sasha merch. They're buying Shayna merch. Like they're buying Roman Reign vests, Nakamura jackets, AJ gloves. 
It's just in the back where that needs to get fixed. But don't try to like shake it all up into yeah. pieces to where nobody understands what's going on. You if talk, the problem's in the back, fuck it. Fix it in the back. You talk about the merch. I sent you this today, Hector. I'm gonna let you know. Oh, oh Bianca, my god. Bianca Belair is getting a figure oh. with her hair being bendy and really, really long. Oh it's my fucking god. badass. Actually, you, it. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. It's the first time Mattel's done something like with that with an extension with the hair. It, and it looks really fucking cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hector, do you, you have anything else? Honest. Something you want to look forward to in, in the next decade? Actually, I really can't say anything else. Everything is being done so right now. I guess better storytelling from, 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 from the, e? the, from the from WWE. Or? Okay. Man, 2020. I'm Continuity? <laughs> yeah. Um, do now. Is mostly because of wrestling, so I'm looking for this decade. Um, the, this last decade, I've been able to see the country mostly because of wrestling. Wrestling in New York, wrestling in California, wrestling in Florida, wrestling. You, I want to see the world, so I want to go to London. I want to go to Tokyo. I want to go to Sydney, and so soak up that like i've been soaking up everything around here yeah i think I'm that's, that. that's going to happen sooner or later a lot yeah. sooner than later for for me one of like that's why i can't hate wrestling as much yeah. as it's as, as long as much as it disappoints me i can't hold a grudge on it because it's i've had so many more positive moments in my life than i've had negative moments of feeling because of Oh, my favorite wrestler didn't get pushed. Or, oh, this thing sucks. Or, oh, who's eating dog food? Or, oh, fucking Lana. You know? <laughs> the fucking positives on that scale surely outweigh all the fucking oh, whatever yeah. negatives I'm seeing on television. And I'm not just poking out WWE's main roster on that. It happens times and times, too. You know, my heart gets broken when wrestlers, Shibata can't wrestle, Daniel Bryan couldn't wrestle, Edge couldn't wrestle, Paige can't wrestle, um, fucking wrestlers dying you know so equal the better while you know but still the positives outweigh the negatives for me so i can never hate it so i'm just hoping yeah. that the, my love for wrestling opens up more opens up my eyes wider to other things around me yeah like going to that i really want to just get a map and whatever promotion that i go see i want to get a pen and just sign. oh that'd be cool man but first, you got to put pins on the, on the top two corners so it don't fall down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We've babbled on for about two and a half hour, hours, damn near. So uh, if you made it here to the end, thank you. Uh, very much appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed this uh, doing this episode. Because, um, I don't know, I had a lot of fun. It, it seemed to be... <laughs> More positive than our regular episodes where we're just dissecting the shit. It felt the like week. we took you on a trip down memory lane for the that's, most part. That's true too, especially for a guy that <laughs> has a bad memory. I need to screenshot some of these faces you were making. I was like, "Oh yeah, that happened." <laughs> we show you yeah. the history of the wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, that's the problem. See, it's a blessing and a curse to have a bad memory because it's like you don't remember shit, but then when you get reminded of it, it's like it's Woo! new again. You know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much if, if you made it all the way through. Uh, when is our next episode and what's it going to be about, Chris? I have no idea, man. It just depends if somebody wants to do a preview of uh, New Beginnings Sure. next week. We'll hammer out a date. You come okay. over here. We'll break down some stuff. Moxley and Suzuki. Oh, nice. Uh, 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 Co-main event right there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
Uh, and then after that, we may have something we're, we're uh, previewing, previewing TakeOver, takeover and reviewing the Saudi show, maybe? No, probably reviewing New Beginnings. New Beginnings. Okay. So if you get here early enough, I'll, yeah. I'll feed you what you need to eat before uh, we get on the air. Okay. Or you two could just do a New Japan one. I, I don't really have no, for, no, for pre, uh, for after. For, for, after. Oh, I'll okay. show you what you okay. need to watch. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So we're skipping the Saudi pre preview dealy because that's on a Thursday and that's during the day, so... By the time yeah. if we were if we pre-tape the show, it'll probably air before uh, after the show already happened. And if we're doing it live, we wouldn't have had time to watch it anyway. Right. So we're we're just gonna scrap that. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure something's gonna happen that's gonna be like fuck. We should have done a show. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that happens. being said, adios, my friends. Keep it classy. Ooh, inheritance, past has been again.